Sometimes the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. You are listening to your friendly neighborhood Heroes of Noise, and I am your host, Steve. Hey, guess who's back? It's me, your buddy Dan. Did you guys miss me? I missed the show. I missed you, Steve. How you doing, brother? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think I, I, I might have heard something on our last show, and I you, I think you pressed record accidentally out where you were. What are you, what are you talking about? So... Yeah, um, I think you meant to send just the contact info, and I think you pressed record when you shouldn't have, and uh, yeah, we, I mean, we got a little bit too much information, but we cool, we cool, I had to be like, you know what, dude's on vacation, whatever, ain't no big deal, it's cool. I have no idea what you're talking about. Listen, Steve, I don't know if you are, but you sound upset, or maybe maybe that's not the right word, maybe, um, I don't know, slighted, something, but you sound- Yes, slighted would be- Okay, you sound slighted, all right. Yes. Well, I'm sorry about that, I, don't know, I really don't know why, because- as I've always told you, I'm always mm-hmm. happy to do whatever you ask of me. I think you're uh-huh. a stand-up guy. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. I, it's always, a, it's just like a situation of, like, Batman and Superman. Superman is cool with Batman, kind of. And that's us. We're cool. Kind of, you know. Okay, well, it looks like we're off to a good start then. <laughs> we're trying. <laughs> we are trying. But, Dan, it's, how, tell me, how was your week off? You know, man, it was eventful, yet mm-hmm. nothing happened until the very end of the week. I'm not going to bore these good folks with all the stuff that happened this week, but I think mm-hmm. it's safe to say I'm happy to be here right now. I'm happy that for the last two days, but quite honestly, the whole week was kind of shit. You know, I was on vacation. <laughs> I, I'm getting calls when I'm on the beach. You know, other than that, uh huh, everything was good, except for just, you know, people... How do I say this? Oh. People trying to you know, get over on me, get over and, and try to um, take advantage of my kindness. You know what I'm saying? I got you. So, I got, yeah. Twitter, Twitter. You're talking about Twitter. People tweeting you. Certainly. I certainly. totally get it. Yeah. I am. I'm not talking. I just want you to know that I'm not talking about you. I was wondering, I was like, man, this seems kind of close to home, <laughs> but I forgot you tweet a lot. I do. And I see a lot of people saying stuff to you. I feel you. No, no, no. I got you. Perfect. I'm glad we're on the same page, man. But the so, week, the week <laughs> ended with a fucking bang, bro. And I'm going to oh, tell you a little Oh, I can't bit. wait to talk about that. I cannot wait. I mean, look, you had a better week than a lot of us because of what happened at the end of it. Yeah, and I'm going to save that for a little bit later. It's kind of like when, you uh-huh. know, about the things that uh-huh. I was into this week because I was certainly sure. into that. But, Steve, how are you? How was your week? I'm doing well. Though the week is, um, the next two weeks are going to be a little bit ill. Uh, it's finals time, unfortunately, and I'm taking a few courses. But other than that, man... I've actually tried to do a lot less, um, do only things. My goal for the next year is to do only things, or as close as possible to only things I want to do. That's it. That's amazing. I mean, short of, you know, if someone's like, hey, I need you to help me move. Of course, I'm going to do that because, you know, it's my friend or whatever. But other than that, if someone's like, hey, we need to kick it, I'm going to be like, you know what? I'd rather sit home than play beer pong. Beer pong? By yourself? Yeah. I'd rather chill. But don't you need someone to play beer pong with? No, I'm saying then play beer pong. Like then. Oh. Like if they're like, hey, let's all party. I'm going to be like, you know what, man? I'm just going to chill this one out because I know they have a lot of people over there having fun. Have a blast. But I think I'm going to chill and um, maybe, you know, either work on the show or, you know, get some store or just enjoy things that I like doing. 
And that's going to be the goal for the next year. Month, hey, come clean. Year. Come clean, man. Have you ever really played beer pong before? Okay, you're going to be you're going to laugh your head off. I played beer pong um 2 months ago. Really? And I drank water. <laughs> that was me laughing my head off right there. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, I drank water. That's kind of like a Woody Woodpecker thing I just did right there too, but Mm-hmm. Fuck! How old am I? I, did not I just drink. Re- I just referenced Woody Woodpecker. How old am I, dude? That is old. That is, <laughs> I think that's so old. I mean, have I ever? No, I did because I used to watch The Roadrunner and Woody Woodpecker. So I, I'm old too. Two completely different uh, companies, though. You realize but that they were in the same time frame, though, right? Maybe, maybe after school or something. Uh, one after the other. Exactly. Because okay. right. I bet you watched. Um, I bet you watched. Did you watch? Wait, were you oh too old for Muppet Babies? I got a little bit of Muppet Babies action. I think I might have been too old, but I was still down. I was still down because it's a Henson. Thing. What about Animaniacs? At that point, girls were a big part of my life. So, oh, look at this brother! But I like look it. at I, this brother. I found it funny. Yeah, dude, I'm talking like I was like probably like 13, 14, but that's all I was thinking about oh. at the time were girls. So, that's what I'm saying. I mean, this is Mr. Childhood. This is Mr. Uh, high School Sweetheart over here. So you had to be. You know what I'm saying? So you didn't really have a chance, chance. Oh, no, no, that's not true. I did. I mean, yes, I married my high school sweetheart, but we, you know, we, we. Applause, everybody. We had, we had no applause necessary, but we had. That is a big applause, G. That is the dream. That's the dream. But see, the thing is, is that we don't like each other. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. I didn't say that. <laughs> that see? I'm just kidding. I'm saying on the good side, because I still want cooked food if I ever go over there. Maybe with your $800 egg, you'll cook me something. I was actually a thousand if you want to be a smart ass, but hey, you know, who's counting? This dude bought an egg. A big green for egg. For a thousand dollars, ladies and gentlemen. I'll just leave that out there. So I don't ever <laughs> want to hear you talk about money. Ever, ever want to hear you talk about money. Well, welcome to Dan's Financial Podcast, everyone. <laughs> People know you're balling. You know, I think that's a given. People know you're balling. Balling? I don't know about balling, but I think that, you know what it is. I think what's going on right now is first of all, I'm going to flip this just for a second, but then I'm going to flip it right oh, back. Please. But I'm going to flip it please. right back, though. Okay, I'm going to go. Please. I'm going to go positive, uh-huh. but then I'm going to kind of go <laughs> negative a little bit here. Please. So what I wanted to say was, Steve, uh-huh. thank you very much. I'm really I'm changing the subject here. Thank you very much for doing the show. I know that it was um, okay. a little bit of a feat for you to do that because you know you're a busy man too, and you actually took the time and you you. You recorded it and you, you put something out for these good folks to have in their feed. So thank you very much for that. Um, that's awesome of you, man. Stand up because I can tell that you really like this show. Oh, and since I'm uh, I'm hearing it right now, like my voice sounds like I'm 13 and it's changing. It has to do with my Friday night. I have very little voice left, so I'm hoping it's going to last. I'll explain all of that. It'll make perfect sense. But uh, that's what's going on here. I just heard myself go, uh, when I was talking to you. So let's go ahead and <laughs> let's go ahead and just go back to the negative real quick. And I think uh-huh. I think you're you're. I think you're kind of like taking this out on me that I wasn't there. I, I'm thinking that you're, you're, I really do. I think that you kind of hurt. And I think that you are, uh, you know, a little aggressive to me at the beginning. It's, we're, we're, we're merely five minutes into this thing and you're, you're already uh, dealing with my financials. And, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm I just, feel you. you know, I mean, dude, I'm, you know what? You're right. I'm tripping. Like the thing is, the fact that you don't care about the show should not affect how we put out the show for our our listeners. You're dude. So let's rewind this. No, I'm no, you're good. That's good. You're right. You're 100%. my bad. I don't care about the show. And no, I'm just. So, <laughs> wow. What did, what did we get my, into here? We tied ourselves into a knot with this one. <laughs> no, ladies and gentlemen. No, he actually loves loves this show. And I was um, it was hard doing the show alone because I'm used to having my boy here. 
but I understood that, you know, things are, you know, we're going, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting to the Christmas season, folks. I don't know if you know this, but we're getting to the Christmas season and a lot of people are doing a lot of things. But um, even though it was short, uh, this brother is all seriousness. This dude had the funniest part of this last episode. I laughed so hard. I let people hear it at work. They laughed so hard. I think you underestimate your funniness and you really need to start rolling with that. I mean, you're that was hilarious, Jay. Well, thank you. Hilarious. Dude. Thank you. But anyway, getting back to this show, is there a way that we could possibly maybe have interaction with our listeners the way that they would have liked to talk to you last week if you had been here? Oh, sure. I tell you what, why don't you go ahead and just rattle off that information for you? Just go ahead. <laughs> No, go ahead, man. I'll wait. Dude, I just spit out my orange juice when you said that. That was uh, unexpected. I, uh, <laughs> is it is it safe to assume, Steve, that Dang. you don't have the information in front I of you? I don't. Oh. And now it's a mess. Do you see here. how the spotlight turns and shines right on this man? That's right. Oh, shoot. Here comes Big Dan with the plan. Contact info coming your way. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. This is episode seven, I recall, right? Yeah. yeah, episode seven. Welcome to the show, everybody. And I got some contact information for you, courtesy of your friend Dan. We are the Heroes of Noise, and if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at heroesofnoisepodcast at gmail.com. We also have the Twitters going on, and you can reach us at Heroes of Noise, because, you know, we wanted to keep it nice and simple for you. You can reach myself, Dan, at Dan Q Public, and you can reach my buddy Steve at at SE underscore Hudson Music. We also have a voicemail. Voicemail line is 559 492 9831. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm ready to do this shit, and I think Steve is too. Carry on, Mr. Hudson. Awesome. What we're going to do is get into a little what we've been watching, what we've been reading, what we've been listening to, and then go into some film news, which we both have plenty of. And if there's time, if there's time, we might hit a game or two. If there isn't, Dan would have already, if there isn't, Dan would have already edited this out, so there's no point in me even continuing talking. So... Um, let's go ahead and start with, Dan, in your amazing week, what have you been watching and or listening to and or reading? Didn't get a lot of reading in, but I did get some watching and some listening, and I actually got to listen while I watched, too, so we'll get to that. Oh, what? Yeah. I mean, well, I guess we all do if we have all senses, but you'll see where I'm you going with this right. later. No, yeah. I, I, but it, yeah, I thought well, I was coming with really something clever right there, but I kind of fucked it all up. Yeah, it's okay. It's all that right. That was LG. It's true, huh? We watch and listen. No, you're right. Let's move on. All right, man. So last night, I actually did a lot of catching up last night, and uh, what I watched first was a Netflix documentary that just aired actually on the first. So while I was out rocking on Friday night, got to watch this on Saturday when I was recovering. And what I'm talking about is a show called Voyeur on Netflix. It's a documentary. Uh, have you heard of this one, Steve? I have heard of this. I watched 20 minutes of it. Uh-oh. You only watched 20? Was this because you, like, tapped out? Um, no, no, no. It was a, you know how something comes up and then you never get a chance to go back to it. And you're kind of just like, okay, I'll watch it later. That's, I'm, that's why I'm so eager to hear what you thought of it. Because I was like, where is this going exactly? I didn't know where it was going. Well, I'll tell you, it was it was very interesting. I'm still kind of actually, no, I liked this documentary, but it wasn't like the best thing I've ever seen. But it was the subject matter that was I found very intriguing. What this is about is about a, uh, a journalist by the name of Gay Talese and uh, a man by the name of Gerald Foos. So we'll start talking about Gay Talese first. So he's a world renowned journalist. He wrote for New York Times and he also had a book that came out in the late 60s, early 70s by the name of Thy Brother's Wife. Thy neighbor's wife, excuse me, thy neighbor's wife. He was a bit of a voyeur himself. He was very interested in writing about sexual culture 
in America. And he basically went around for several years and he would go to like nudist camps and I was I would assume swinger parties and things like that. They showed a couple of quick pictures of him just like chilling with all these naked people having sex and stuff and that nudist colonies. And he just wanted to get what sex is like in, in the country, you know, at that time. And he wrote this book about it and, it, and he, he, earned, he earned some coins off this one. So this book comes out and he, you know, makes a name for himself and suddenly his uh, phone rings or he gets a letter or something like that. And it's from this other guy by the name of Gerald Foos. Now, Gerald Foos, I'm not going to tell you the whole story here because it's really something that's worth watching if you're just into mm-hmm. like creepy people because <laughs> this dude's kind of creepy, man. <laughs> He's a little creepy. From the age of 12, he was a straight up voyeur, a peeping Tom, if you will. He preferred to call himself the voyeur. Like almost like in third person, but he was a voyeur. Mm-hmm. And what he did was he bought this hotel and he looked for a long time to find the right one. He wanted to look and see where he could find, you know, he had he had something in his head that he wanted to accomplish. And what he did, he found this hotel that had a very high arched ceiling. And that means he had a pretty big attic space, you know. So what he did was he converted, he had to do it all himself mm-hmm. because nobody would, would, you know, I'm sure they'd be like, no, you creepy bastard. We're not going to do this for you. So he was smart and he did it himself. And what he did was he built this room which he called his laboratory, observation laboratory. Basically, it's just a peeping Tom's playhouse. So in this attic, like if you were to turn, you have to kind of picture this, folks. So let's say you're just in this big, long room and you turn the lights off and there are, let's say, six, seven vents on each side. You suddenly see light coming from these vents. They're spaced out because it's room to room. So what this guy did was he built this just right to where he could he could basically just stay up there as okay. long as he wanted to for hours, all night, whatever he wanted to do, and just watch what was going on in these rooms. He was obviously into the sex part of it. He he was he was no he made no bones about telling you that he liked to masturbate to it and whatnot. But he was like methodical about it. Like one of the stories he told was he saw uh, some this guy, kids cover your ears earmuffs. He was saying that he saw this guy getting a, a blowjob. And then he would record that. And then over throughout the course of time, he said he'd get like two to 3,000 mm-hmm. uh, patrons a year, people that stay at the hotel. And he would just say like, okay, so se- uh, just sex or sex and oral sex. Man had orgasm, woman didn't, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? He like really like, he had it all like in this big log. He was, he was really thinking he was like doing some kind wow. of like science experiment with this. But I think it personally it was just a cover up to, you know, give himself a handy J every now and then. So he gets in touch with this guy at Gates Elise and he tells him, look, um, I have a story for you that I think that needs to be told. And I want to tell somebody before I die because someone needs to hear this crazy shit. Uh, he comes over to the hotel and he actually gives him the tour. He takes him up to the room. At one point, they were watching another couple, a guy get a oral sex from his girlfriend or whoever it was. And he leaned in closer because he was fully into this. This guy is just as creepy as the other guy, personally, I think. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no, I mean, really, like... He's, he's jaded, as he put it. He's jaded. But okay. he, he wasn't going like, no, I don't think this is right. He wasn't turning this away because I think it really had a lot to do with that 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 hunt for a good story. Because it is a very interesting story. Of course. And it's, you know, but at one point, he's like looking down in the vent and it showed like a um, like an example. It showed the guy now with this big model of the hotel. So you would see him like lift up on the documentary. You'd see him like look up for artsy reasons. You know, he'd, he'd lift up the, the ceiling and you'd see his eyes in there or something like that saying, in other words, I'm the voyeur, mm-hmm. but, but it showed this example via this model where Gates Elise is looking down into the vent, watching this and he's getting into it. You know, he's checking it out. But what was going on was suddenly he felt like a hand, very firm hand on the back of his neck, pull him up. What had happened was his tie was going down into the vents of the room. It was kind of like hanging down pretty, you know, just a couple feet away from the girl's head. So 
I don't know. I just found that kind of like, yeah, I mean. But how? Because it was a vent. You know, I don't really, I I tried to really. Yeah, because like, how could the tie go that far down? Because I saw that, I saw up to that part. Because I was like, so you did see that. Yeah, I looked up on my ceiling when he said that. And I was like, even in my bedroom, there's no tie that long. Maybe he was just trying to like exaggerate it for the sake of the story. But still, all the guy would have to do, if you're sitting in a chair looking up, at some point you're going to look up and you see something like that. You're going to see it hanging out of the vent. I think he was just maybe dramatizing it a little bit, making it more of a dramatization just for the sake of the story. But still, that'd be pretty freaky. What were you doing? I mean, put yourself in the situation of the person in the, ho- person in the hotel. A, congratulations. But B, you're looking up at the ceiling and you see someone's tie come down. Wouldn't that just freak Dude. you the hell out? Dude. Yeah, it was wild. That so was uh, Gerald Foos never wanted to give his name. And Gay Talese told him, well, look, I will put this story out for you and maybe even write a book, but I'm not going to do this until you feel comfortable releasing your name. So this whole process took the course of they, they, they chatted back and forth for over 30 years, in which case just recently over the last couple of years, he finally came forth and said, yes, I want to do this. I think the book actually came out in 2016, if I'm not mistaken, but it's what it's what happens after that got very interesting because then it turns into like once the book's getting closer to coming out and by the way folks this dude's full of creepy stories i'm just giving you one of them but he's full of creepy stories throughout the documentary so it's something to watch but he started getting real paranoid towards the end like oh my god like this all this information is out there now you know and people started catching wind of it and making calls to him and talking about well now we're watching you and it got to the point where you know, he, him and his, he has this, um, this woman that pretty much knew everything. She's been with him. I think it's a second wife. So she's been with him pretty much since that whole thing. And she was just down for it. She wasn't into watching it with him, but to the point where she'd like, you want a sandwich? She'd like bring him a sandwich and while he's up there. Cause you know, you get hungry wow. when, you, when you're doing those things. I mean that, if that's not a supportive wife, that is I, an I don't know what is right there, buddy. Ill is the right word. I think, wow. yeah. but to watch them just get very paranoid because, you know, the public starts biting back a little bit. And then to kind of speed this up, the book comes out, but there's some um, possibly some false information. And it's what happens with the writer. And it's the way that the it's the dynamic of these two. They're, they're both very old men. I think they're both in their 80s. But it's just a very interesting documentary to watch. I'm kind of trying not to give you all the details with it because I think it is something that should be watched. It's It's long. I think it's like an hour, maybe an hour and 40 minutes or something like that. But I found it completely interesting. Maybe I was the one being the voyeur at that time, but I, I was something that I totally, <laughs> you know, I totally liked it. I thought it was good. It's not something that I would say this is the best movie I've ever seen, the best documentary I've ever seen, but completely into it the whole time. Maybe it's because I was hung over on the couch and I didn't want to get up. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. But folks, watch the show. Write your buddy Dan. Let me know what you think. And I'm curious to see what you think, Steve, if you finish it. Cool, man. What else you been watching, brother? Well, I got to see The Kingsman, The Golden Circle last night. Uh-huh. How was it? I liked it. Okay. But I liked the original a lot better. Yeah, that was a freaking good movie. With a lot of things. You just can't make that happen twice. Even no. if you can get damn no. close, you can't make it happen twice. I don't think this movie is as good as the other one, uh, but I did find it really entertaining. I like the characters. I like Eggsy. Eggsy's the shit. And I like the new characters that they brought in. I'm always on the fence when it comes to Channing Tatum. For some reason. Same with me. I don't know why. People love this guy. And I and usually I end up liking him too. But there's just certain times where it's like I don't feel confident in trusting him. And I thought he was pretty good in this. Even though his role wasn't huge. Um, so 
exactly what was the point of getting Channing Tatum in here? Like, what was what was the deal with that? I don't I don't understand. Like, did he was he like a an essential situation or what the crap? Channing well, Tatum. Channing Tatum is part of the American version, if you will, of the Kingsmen, which they're called the Statesmen. And whereas the Kingsmen have their business under the guise of a tailor shop. Yes. These guys are in the whiskey business. Jeff Bridges is in it. I didn't know he was in that one. Uh, Holly Berry's in it. Her name is Ginger Ale in this one. Um, Clever. Channing Tatum is tequila. There's also Pedro Pascal, who was in Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. I like Pedro. Yeah. He was he's really, I'm, I liked him. I recently watched him in uh, The Wall. I just watched The Wall with Matt Damon and him. He did a good job, too. Oh, that's the one that's with the dragons and shit, Yes, right? yes. Is that worth watching? Um, I didn't put it in my rundown. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. But yeah, uh, Pedro Pascal plays Whiskey, and I really liked his character. Um, I liked his character a lot in Game of Thrones, too. I just like this guy, and I need to find out a little oh, bit more good. about him. Oh, he's good. Now, in, in, in the movie that you uh, have right now, did he waste a lot of time talking about killing someone instead of doing it? No, he wasn't so uh, <laughs> he wasn't so monologuous in this one. He has this thing that he uses. It's kind of like a looks like Wonder Woman's magic lasso or something like that. That was like my my favorite parts of the movie was how he used this thing. And it's even got your boy Elton John in it. Come on, yeah. I don't think I'm really ruining anything there. I won't tell you why he's in it, but he does make a cameo. Uh, rounding out the cast, you've got Edward Holcroft who plays Charlie. You've got mm -hmm. the lovely Julianne Moore. I love Julianne Moore. Oh, who I plays Poppy. And uh, I don't think this is really a spoiler, but if it is, sorry. She's the villain in this, and I like her. She. Not the best role I've ever seen her in. I don't think she'll ever be as good as she was in Boogie Nights, but that's my opinion. I and, wonder why. Uh, it's also got... <laughs> no, not really. That was more of a... <laughs> no, no, no. Of course not. Okay, maybe a little bit, but still, uh -huh. it's not... First, but we're also, talking about Voyeur. Then we're talking about I love Julia I've got, Gee, I've got sex the on the brain today, I think. What yeah. going on with this, brother? Here, let me unsex everything real quick. And exactly. also, it's also starring Michael Gambon. So that should take any I don't know who that like is. sexual thought. Uh, let's see. Well, you didn't watch the Harry Potter movies, but he played Dumbledore. No. Yeah, he was the second Dumbledore. Oh, I know who that is. Yeah, yeah I know who that is. Yeah, he's good. Okay. Uh, he's in it for a little bit, too. There's actually some other faces that you're going to pleasantly be surprised to see, and I'm going to leave it at that. I okay. do think this is, is worth watching. Check it out. It's fast-paced. <laughs> uh, it's hilarious. And there's, mm -hmm. there's this one scene. It's a sexual scene that I was like, okay, that's interesting. I'll leave it at that. You're going to know exactly what I'm talking about when I say it. But I was like, okay. that's that's one way of doing it. That's for sure. So oh it's, it's, it happens at the, at the the concert. So let's say that it happens at the concert. Let me know what you think about that, because that was pretty um, like people are using their minds on this one. You know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. Maybe you don't. But still, you're going to find out pretty soon. Has to do with finger condoms. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see this movie, Jay. So we got now we got Kingsman and Voyeur. I'm very interested in what the next I mean, because those are in two opposite directions, bro. I'm going all directions this time around here. What next? So now we're going to jump over to something a little more familiar to what I'm used to talking about. And you're used to talking about on this show. What I'm talking about, Steve, is Marvel's Runaways on Hulu. <laughs> My man, did you watch this? I did. I've caught all the way up. Now, before you say anything, okay, 
Mm-hmm. I know I'm usually I hear myself and I'm like, man, you really are like overly positive about a lot of things. There's not a lot that I say on here. I guess I just don't like talking about the stuff I don't like. What's the point of that? Totally Do you know understandable. What I mean? Why bring something up that you want to bash? Yeah, like, Unless it's universally loved and you're just like, yeah, not buying Exactly. It. Yeah. But if yeah. I'm not going to just bring up, hey, I watched this, watch this shitty thing when I could be telling you about Absolutely. something that I would rather you watch, folks. That said, I freaking love Marvel's Runaways. Let me go ahead and just give you a quick synopsis. All right. After discovering their parents are supervillains in disguise, a group of teenagers band together to run away from their homes in order to atone for their parents' actions and discover the secrets of their origins. So I was like totally into this, like all the way through, just from jump. It's shot so well. It's, what I mean is the cinematography. It's beautiful. I think that the, the cast is very strong. I will say that I think there might be too many of these kids. You know, like there's always going to be like the B team, right? You got your A team yes. and you got your B team. So, totally. so they, got, yes. they got a few in the B team that, you know, they're not bad. I don't hate them. There's no one in the cast that I hate. The standout character for me is this kid by the name of Renzi Feliz, who plays Alex Wilder on the show. Just really strong acting out of this kid. I like him a lot. And <laughs> I know that you mentioned this. You say that he looks a lot like your son, huh? Oh, it's weird, dude. Isn't that crazy? It's really kind of... They have the same haircut, too. Let's talk about this show, because as much as I liked it, I, I want to know what's going on, and I want to know what you think. For sure. Um, well, the first thing I... When I when I picked up Runaways, I started push, I pushed play, and I'm sitting there watching it. The first thing I thought of was, okay, and when you see Marvel, they kind of do a switcheroo. They kind of lift you off into this. Uh, it's a weird sort of teen drama. You're like, I don't really want to watch this. And so you're you're thrust into these teens lives and you're like, I'm not really interested. But I'm telling you, watch that first episode only because the first episode and a half, they're showing you how all of these kids are individuals. That one thing that I like about this, and mind you, I was in the same camp where I was like, man, this is a lot of kids. But each one of them are totally different than the other. I mean, when you're so I can imagine when we're uh, later on in the series, when things have to get done, you're going to know which kid is going to do that thing. Be like, oh, because Chase is good at this or uh, Alex is good. at. You're going to know, oh, there's only one kid that could do this thing because that's what they're good at. And it's setting it up as I don't think all the I have not read the comic, but they're making it so that. Uh, this is a show where not everyone has power. Some of them are very smart, and that's their power. And uh, I'm At very least so I, far. I, so far, it seems like the the strength of some of them are smarts or or cunning or whatever it is. Um, the one thing I like is that uh, I have a feeling, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. I think they're sending a shout out, not a shout, a shot. Out at Scientology. Yeah, I got that vibe too. I'm almost sure that's what's going on. They're they're saying that this Scientology is so creepy that we wouldn't be surprised if upstairs this thing is happening. And I'm like, dang. But I wouldn't be. I legit wouldn't be if they were like, also, this weird thing is going up in one of the rooms. I'd be like, yeah, that figures. I could I could totally see that. But um, there is some weird stuff going on in those rooms, man. Yes. <laughs> and things change so quick again. Um, you know, with uh, I'm going to use their actual character names, but Alex, there's a th- really cool things that happen with Alex is it seems like they made him the emotional core. He is the thing that brings everyone together. Agreed. And we still don't know what set them apart. They don't tell us what made these kids not hang out like they used to. What happened? They give us little flashbacks. But they don't exactly tell us what exactly is going on. 
And um, again, like you said, the parents, the parents, I, um, you know. Hey, can I backtrack for a second? Yes, yes. So that was something that I did actually fail to mention was that these kids, you know, I in the synopsis, I said that they are all together and they're they're running away together to find out their origins and blah, blah, blah. However, when the show starts off, these kids are all estranged. So at one point yes. in time, these kids were super close, just as close as their parents all together. They all hung out together and something occurs with one of the character's siblings. And I don't know, yes. I, I feel like it's kind of spoiler, so I won't say, but with the loss of this character that whole dynamic of the group shifted and they hadn't hung out for, I think it's around like two years or so. So, you know, in teen years, two years is a million years and you're just completely different by the time as you all get back, they got back together again. They were completely different. Totally. So you're right. It's very, it's very teen driven. It's very teen drama, angsty kind of a show, but it works for some reason, you know, it really works. I think it works well. I think a lot of it is the parents. I think the parents, because they're like, we're going to throw something out for the, every, everyone's going to like the kids. But grown-ups are going to uh, really understand the parents. We don't understand them, but I have a feeling they're going to make us say, okay, are they these whatever you think they are? Like a few episodes down the road, they already did it to one who I thought was evil. He did something in the last episode that I was like, well, that's interesting. This is taking a turn. And so it's going to make you maybe like them when your automatic thing is, oh, I don't trust these parents. One of the parents... I always used to watch her and I'm like, man, I used to like her. I think she was in 24. Her name was Annie Wershing. I think she was in 24. That's off the top of the dome. But she is so good as Leslie Dean. She does a really good job as being the, she is the pretty much the mother of this Scientology cult. I forgot what it was called, but she's like the mother of this cult. She's the one that is the spokesman of this cult. And everybody's just like, oh, I want to be, I think it was called like Gaborism. Yeah, and that's something every, like that. You're yeah. really close to it, yeah. And 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 everyone reads this book, and you know they're really into it. It's about positive life, and there's even one part that is real true. I've heard, I've seen this happen where it's just like, well, I don't really want to get into your religion because I believe in other religions. And um, her daughter was like, oh, that's no big deal. Our religion allows you to appreciate other religions. I'm like, oh, that's so. That is something that would be said. And I'm like, that's really good writing because yes, they would uh, a, a thing like that would say that thing. And um, it was just, just real. She does a really good job of holding it down by herself. Now, Kit Pardue, if anyone remembers Kit Pardue from back in the day, a million shows, it showed me how old I am because Kit Pardue plays a dad. I was like, I remember him as a teen. He was in, I remember he was in Remember the, the Titans, right? Dude. That's all dude. I remember him from was Remember the Titans. He's been in a billion shows since. But. I never thought of him as a older dad. And now that's who he is. And when I saw him, I was like, holy crap, this is crazy. He does a good job. I'm very interested where him and um, the, the, the mother of this cult, I, I'm very interested in where they take those two. Right. With Leslie and he, because this is a weird, their thing is kind of awkward too, because who Kip Purdue plays is, He's a struggling actor. He's an actor that used to be a teen sensation and now he doesn't get any part. So he's linked up with Leslie who happens to be the creator of this or the uh, patri or matriarch of this huge cult or whatever. And so it comes to a point where, you know what? Since the two of them are together, maybe he should have a share of it. He feels like he should have a share of this, this cult. And so um, 
he's dealing with the fact that he's not as popular as he used to be, but he also has his finger in a very big thing. So, I mean, there's a million moving parts, but somehow it works. I don't like how Amazon is making it a weekly thing. Hulu. This is going to... Sorry, just correct you. Going, to correct you, Steve, sorry to yeah. interrupt you. It's uh, Hulu that's doing it. Oh, I'm sorry. Who? I don't know why Hulu is making this a weekly thing. They're just going to get beat up by Netflix. They're going to get beat over the head by Netflix. Because Netflix is like, I'm always going to win as long as I do it as a bulk. Because they will watch it and the ratings are going to hit. Because when they dump these shows, you see all these numbers flying. Whereas all it takes is our attention span to be left for one week and us just forget it's on Hulu. And suddenly we're not watching it. We'll just forget that they're dropping another episode. It'll be like, oh, snap, I got to catch up with uh, uh, Runaways. I can kind of see your point with that, but I got to be honest with you. I'm kind of intrigued that they're doing this. I like it because it's it's making me like it's the opposite. Actually, I'm, it's making me anticipate really? it. Yeah, like I was like, is it on tonight? But it's on tomorrow. Actually, at 9 p.m. is when we can watch See. it. And I'm like chomping at the bit. I want to watch it. I'd like it a little no. bit better that way because I've been finding lately, particularly since we started doing this show, and I'm just binging the shit out of everything. For me personally, just me, it's a little harder for me to retain all the information. I kind of like having something to, you know watch and, and review in my head and think totally. about it and let it sink in over a week's time. So when I come back to it, the message that they hit on the next episode is a little bit like, oh, okay, now I understand. It had me thinking all week, but now it makes perfect sense. You know, um, One thing I want to say about this show too, for people that are maybe just hearing about this for the first time and you got Hulu and you're contemplating on whether or not you want to watch this or not, don't get hung up on the whole teen drama part of it. Yes, it's there, but this is not, I would not say this is a show for Young teens, I would say maybe more of the what, the 15 and up crowd, something like that, 14 and up. There are some things in here that are a little more on the adult side. There's profanity in this here. Uh, there's a scene involving the leader of this cult, and I'm not exactly sure who it is, but there's a bed scene that's pretty goddamn disturbing. I don't know what's going on there. So again, I've been thinking about that scene that I'm talking. You know what I'm talking about, right, Steve? With the mm-hmm. <laughs> let's just say light penis. Let's and I have a thing for her. I'm gonna, oh, I do too. Yeah, now I do anyway. But I know. Right when you said Julianne Moore, I'm like, oh, that means that he likes this one too. Yeah, there's no question. Yeah, I don't know if it's the redhead thing or what, but it was working for me. Freckles. Yeah, something. But you know, the, and then maybe that I'm telling. <laughs> and the whole light penis thing. Don't worry, she listens. Sorry, hon. You <laughs> no, but you know the funny thing before you move forward on that. Um, the thing that made me know this was in a teen drama is there's a point where they're sitting at a table and the woman takes off her panties and passes them across the table. I'm like, oh, um, if you were taking your little kid watching this movie, you'd be like, okay, I think this might be a little bit too grown for you. So you're right. It, it, I think it's perfect for 16 and up. There you go. 16 and up. But if you got, you got a mature 15 year old, you're fine. You're fine. Don't worry about Ooh, it. That's how I feel. I don't know. You all right over there? Okay, buddy? Here, you step on a nail. What was that? Here's my question: Would you let Would you let your daughter watch this show? Yes, I would. Really? I would if she wanted to. Oh, that's but I don't. But I don't. I don't like. You know, not to go off on a whole tangent about how I talk to my daughter and everything like that. But I mean, we're, we're pretty. We're pretty vocal. We're pretty vocal in our house, and we we don't we don't uh, sugarcoat things. And we if we there's if she wants to know something, we talk about it. You know what I'm That's saying? That's dope, G. You're a G. So I'm just saying it's... I don't have a daughter, so I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't know. But it's not to say that there haven't been times where I'm like, mm. like, for instance, she like she watched... The, <laughs> well, no. She watched The Kingsman. She watched the first Kingsman. And she, okay, and she loved it. Perfect. She got a crush on that Egerton yes. guy. But 
this one here, I was like, hey, you know, we could watch this too. But getting back to that whole finger condom scene, I don't know if I really want to be in the same room when I watch it with her. You know what I'm saying? I totally get that. Like, if she picked up Game of Thrones, would you be like, oh. And that's a bit much. I don't think I really feel comfortable watching. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Well, okay. it's just that, you okay. know what it is. It's like I know she, she. I know she understands these things, and she's in high school, so I'm. I'm not a freaking fool. You know what I mean? Kids talk, but I think that's just something I'd let, rather let her watch with her friends. And if for any reason that's she had some kind of question, I'd probably come back to it. But that's not the case. I don't feel that this particular show, Runaways, will ever ha- mm-hmm. will have that effect. I'm over here talking about a light penis. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but but it's they don't show anything. 15 and up, watch it. Yeah, yeah, I say so. That's what okay, I'm saying. Fair. That's what I'm saying, fair. ladies and gentlemen. That's my That's word. I'm sticking to it. Perfect. But I really like right. this, man. I think that this is probably the pick of the week for me as far as what I've been oh, watching. Oh, snap. Because, it's, I, because out of everything, I just want to get uh-huh. back to this one the most. I have one more, but it's like it's kind of a combination thing. Uh, one thing I was going to say before I start that one is there's a show that's out on Netflix right now that started this weekend, and I really wanted to get to it, and I'm just calling myself out. Folks, I was a little hungover. I didn't want to watch it. I'm going to tell you why I was hungover in just a second. Uh, I tried watching this, and it's a show called Dark. It just aired, it just came out on Netflix. A lot of people are saying that it's like the German version of Stranger Things. I don't really see that myself, but I'm, I only watched like a episode of it and I was I really couldn't focus on it the reason that I was having trouble focusing on this and it doesn't mean that you're going to have this problem is that it's dubbed it's a German series that's been dubbed I've always kind of had a a hard time doing that I don't know why it works with anime I guess it's just because it's animation and the the mouths Mm -hmm. don't move quite the same but even back in the day (laughs) but even back in the day of watching like black belt theater and stuff like that you know it was a little hard to get past I know that I'm going to come back to it, but it's going to be one of those ones I'm going to have to struggle through it first. Gail watched it last night. She watched two episodes and she's fully into it. She said that she had the same problem with the dubbing, but I want to get, Mm -hmm. this is going to be something that I talk about next week because I do plan on watching that tonight and uh, for the rest of the week. I got, I got one more thing, but it's going to be a little bit long. So I was wondering, do you want to talk about what you were into this week and then we can get back to it? I will wait till afterwards. Don't worry about it. This is a good one. All right. So anyway, I, I was telling you, Steve, I had like, like the shittiest week ever. Yes. Uh, it's all work related, bunch of crap. That's not what I'm here to talk about. What I'm here to talk about is I had the pleasure of seeing the Foo Fighters at the Same Art Center in Fresno on Friday night. And boy, let me tell you what. This is the fourth time I've seen them. This band never fails me. Absolutely amazing show. And I'm going to go on record as telling you right now. Put it on Twitter and I'll say it tomorrow if you ask me. And I'll say it a year from now if you ask me. Dave Grohl is the coolest motherfucker on the planet. Just radiates cool when he sweats little cool drops come out of it you know what i mean he's a showman man if you've seen the food fighters you already know what i'm talking about i'll say that they're not my favorite band but they are definitely one of my favorite bands but bar none hmm. the best live act i've ever seen and the way the reason that i say that is they engage the crowd they really okay. they're really into the crowd they want you to have a good show they were under the impression that they had played fresno before so at one point dave's like uh dave girl's like i call him dave because he's you know He's my buddy. Of course. He's your, your I call him Dave. Yeah. He asked me to. He asked me mm-hmm. to. But he actually addressed the crowd. He's like, you know, so when was the last time we were here? And everyone's like, never, never. He's like, get out of here for sure. He's like, you're shitting me. No, you know, forever. He's never, the Foo Fighters never played here before. I have a feeling they're going to come back because it was, if it wasn't a sold out crowd, it was like two tickets away from being a sold out crowd. Okay. He did a big, you know, talk with the crowd about that and how he was really into Fresno. And it wasn't just like your, your fan service kind of shit. Do you know what I mean? Like he was like pointing out people and talking to him and, and just he's, he's a great storyteller. He's funny as hell. 
and he was like trying to get this kid to like you know if you don't start a rock band tomorrow I'm gonna come looking for your ass and he was addressing the people on the second level he called them all sad motherfuckers because they had the bad seats and he just kept talking about dedicating songs to the sad motherfuckers it was hilarious that is so funny but the best part about this show Steve is and the best thing about a Foo Fighters show is and they mean it they when they come out they're gonna play until they absolutely have to leave until they turn it off uh, Fresno shows are usually done around 11 o'clock, I'd say. I don't know how many you've seen in town, but they're usually done around the 11 o'clock hour. These guys actually went off at midnight. They played three hours and 15 minutes. They played 26 songs. Just really good, freaking amazing, man. And that's why I'm having trouble struggling with my voice today is because mm-hmm. uh, there's a song called White Limo. And it's just I know you. I know I gave you a bunch of Foo Fighters like a mix thing to listen to, but he's got this thing. I'm not even gonna try and do it right now because it would just sound like shit, and uh, it's gonna make my voice go in. But it's like this just scream. It's a Dave Grohl scream, like a yow kind yeah. of scream. I tried to <laughs> I tried to emulate that like throughout for three hours. I'm trying to scream like that, and um, I had zero voice yesterday, none. I've been drinking nothing but like water and honey and uh-huh. apple cider vinegar, all this crap to get something so I could actually do the show today. My voice was gone. I went with my buddy, Phil. I went with my wife. And I went with my, my buddy, Phil's girlfriend. Anytime that Phil and I get together, it's pretty much a guarantee that one of us may get arrested. It's just the way it is. We've never, we've been lucky. We've never been arrested, but we just tend to go at it. We're, we're great friends. We don't see each other that often. So it was kind of like mm-hmm. a 10 beer night for me. At least that's what my wife said. But I was somehow able to maintain and not get, you know, like obnoxious or even, yes. yeah, I, I yes. don't know. I think it was just pure joy and like the release of this stressful week. But yes, just a freaking amazing show, man. They had a band that opened up for them called the Struts. They're kind of like that wave of bands that are coming out right now that want to do like a retro rock thing. To be quite honest, I was across the street having beers at the Mad Duck, so I didn't get to check them out. But what was cool about that is they brought the singer back on stage. And now I know you get a little critical when I say these things, but they did a cover of Under Pressure. And what was cool about this is that Dave Grohl took the part of David Bowie and this guy, oh, his name is escaping me right now, but the singer of the Struts, he was doing the mm-hmm. Freddie Mercury part. He sounded pretty good. He was no Freddie Mercury, but the dude looked like Freddie Mercury. It was a trip. Like he he has, you know how Freddie Mercury just has that big cheekbones totally. jaw, or excuse me, had totally. had those things. Yeah. Um, he he just has that 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 face, you know, and it, so it made yes. it really really cool. Um, I said Dave Grohl was doing the, the part of uh, David Bowie, but it actually wasn't at all. It was Taylor Hawkins, the drummer. Dave Grohl switched. I'm going to just call him Dave from now on because I don't like saying his name all the time. Of Dave course. went to the drums. He played the drums. Taylor Hawkins came down and he did the vocals for David Bowie and they just slayed it. I don't know if I'm able to do so or not, but I was thinking about putting some links to the show that I because I had a bunch of video and I don't know if I'm really allowed to do that or not. But what do you I wouldn't I wouldn't roll those dice probably just to be safe, right? Yeah, I wouldn't roll the die because they might they might take it down. Like if on YouTube, YouTube might take it down because they don't own that. And so they might end up taking it down, let alone if you try to put it up on iTunes. iTunes probably is like, uh uh-uh. uh, no, 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 no. I kind of don't think they will. I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to just spare, <laughs> I think I'm going to put a link to someone else's video and give you a little taste of what I saw that night, because there is some pretty damn okay. good footage from there. Uh, someone was like in the front row and they did some amazing stuff. So I think I'm going to put it up there. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going okay. to be a rebel. Um, hey, hey, I can seriously talk about this show a lot and I'm trying so desperately. I start going off on something and I have to like bring it back because I don't know if I'll make it all the way through the show if I go on and on. But folks, if you ever get a chance to see the Foo Fighters, just do it. I don't care if you think that their song from 1990 something sucks, that they've been around for 22 years. This band 
kills it. They are the real deal, and they are like the last of the rock heroes. And they're it's a full-on rock show. You're going to freaking love it, and you'll thank me later for it. It's a little expensive, but they're coming back around. If you if you missed them in their, your neck of the woods, uh, they're going to be coming back around in the fall of next year. I think they're on like a two-year world tour. You got to check them out. How Wait, how much How much is the um, tickets? Well, they range. They range anywhere from like a hundred and tw- like the, I think the most expensive ones are in like the hundred and twenty five dollar range, and then the, that is not bad at all. Well, dude. when you're paying like three hundred dollars to see people, yeah, but still, I mean, you know, again, maybe I'm aging myself, but let's put it this way, dude. Yeah. I saw Metallica for twelve bucks one time. That's what, that's true. But Jay, when Jay came through, he was two hundred, and I think that's why they canceled. To be honest with you, totally. He released. Jay, he's talking about Jay Z. Jay Z came to. It uh, was supposed to come to the Save Mart Center in Fresno, and he canceled due to poor ticket sales. They said it was something else. Like, I think what he said was that the arena couldn't handle like their sound system or something oh, like that. Stop it! Stop! I call bullshit. No one wants to pay two hundred dollars to see you, Hova. You got to bring it down. Yeah, and especially, I mean, Save Mart Center is one of the listed as one of the guaranteed profit out of all the stadiums, one of the best in the nation. And so that means that when people come to Fresno, they know they're selling out. It's a for sure sellout because. There's not many places between here and Bakersfield to see a, a show. And there's not many places between here and uh, Northern California or uh, the Bay Area to see a show. So they come here because they know they're going to get money. Prince, if Prince can come here, Jay-Z could come here. If Prince comes there, anyone can go there. Anyone could. Exactly. Because Prince will be one to be like, you can't handle my sound system. I'm out. Yeah. Like, if you can't handle what I'm doing, holla at your boy. But uh, I really wish, you know, this is one of the times I really wish I would have gone only because I support bands that support their fans. That's it. They do that indeed, man. Seriously, like to the fullest. That's it. That's the only reason I wanted to see Metallica is because I've seen how they treat their fans and they're not chumps. Like they'll have, because you know how some bands will be like, or singers will be like, I don't want to do that song because I've done it a million times. You know, there's certain people that'll be like, like Stevie. Uh, sometimes Prince on that 2000 Forever tour. Uh, uh, Elton, you know, it sounds like the Foo Fighters, Metallica. They'll say, oh no, this is why we're famous. So we will give you those oldies that you love so much. Whereas some bands will be like, I don't want to play that. I've played it a hundred thousand times. Oh, they'll do a remix version that I don't even want to listen to. Some people just do it exactly the same as you heard it. And I like that. And Metallica, from what I've seen, they don't do no remix Sandman, Inner Sandman. They won't be like, okay, let's do it and switch it up. No. They'll be like, you know, we know what you guys want to hear. And I don't know about Foo Fighters, but it sounds like they're one of those that are like, they're not going to do a version that you guys are like, okay, we don't even know this song. We don't even know how this goes. They'll be like, we play it the way you guys love it. Yeah, they might strip it down. Maybe he'll go acoustic yes. for part of it and then bring it back up exactly. again, which is exactly what they did for My Hero. They did that. Perfect. Um, but yeah, they Perfect. always come back to it. I know it's a little long. I'll read it fast. I know you're probably going to be like, it's going to sound like blah, blah, blah to you. But to the people that might be interested, do you mind if I just run down the set list real quick? Go for it. All right. Check this out, folks. So they did play a lot of songs from the Concrete and Gold album, which I have no problem with. It's actually a very good album now that I've gotten a chance to really get used to it. So they started off with Run, which is off that album. But I'm just going to go ahead and run down the I'm going to oh, see that how I did that? I'm going to run down the list. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't yes. even mean to be that awesome. Here we go. Uh, so first, I'm just going to read them off. Run. All My Life, awesome song. Learn to Fly, The Pretender, The Sky is the Neighborhood, Rope, Sunday Rain, My Hero, These Days, Walk, Let It Die, I'll Stick Around, White Limo. So song 13 is when I lost my voice, by the way. Uh, Arlandria, Times Like These, Breakout, Make It Right. And then they went into this whole medley where they, like, they were introducing the band. 
So they introduced like the guitar player. The guitar players busted out "Under My Wheels" by Alice Cooper. Then they went to Nate Mendelson. <laughs> if you notice, I just forgot the guitar the guitar player's name, but they go to Nate Mendelson, the bass player, and he starts playing the bass line to "You're the One That I Want" from Greece. They played a little bit of that. Then they went to the keyboard player, and he started playing "Jump." They played a little bit of "Jump." Then they went back over to Pat Smear, the legend Pat Smear guitar player. He started playing "Blitzkrieg Bop" by the Ramones. And then they covered, they ended off with uh, Taylor Hawkins and they did the Under Pressure. So, I mean, it was just, it was freaking amazing. Uh, after that, they went into Monkey Wrench. They went to Best of You. They encored with Dirty Water off their new album. And then, Steve, they brought a tear out of Drunk Dan. On the 24th song, they went into Breakdown, uh, which is a Tom Petty cover. And it was fucking awesome. They had these singers come out. They were like putting pictures of Tom on the stage. It was really, really cool. Hopefully, I'm not blowing that for anybody. And you, one of those things where like, Foo Fighters, if you're like, oh, I'm going to go see them tomorrow. I want to hear a breakdown. Don't really count on them doing that because it's very possible they may not. They may just like wait and play it next week or something like that. They ended with This Is A Call and Everlong. So if that made any sense to any of you, you know it's a really good show. And I recommend you go to see them. So I could just sit there and kiss Dave's ass all all the time. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go ahead and let you take over here, brother. Dope, man. I'm really glad that you actually got to see them. You, I mean, you needed that. You really I did. Totally did. I totally did. Hey, I like I, I said I'm gonna let you take over, but I forgot. That leads me to one more thing that I watched again, simply because I have to watch this every time I see them. And I wanted to know if you've seen this. It's on Netflix. Have you seen the Foo Fighter documentary Back and Forth? No, I have not. All right, man. Check it out. Watch it, I promise. It's actually the making of their last album, or what was it, two albums ago now, Wasting Light. It's not just about the making of that album. It's actually basically from when Nirvana ended, how Dave picked up the pieces and just ended up, you know, forming the Foo Fighters. He recorded the first album himself, all instruments, got himself a band, toured for a while. You know, the band changes and the drama that comes with that. And it brings them all the way up to that album right there. It's so interesting. I love Rock Docs, as I always talk about. And I highly recommend you watch this. I don't know how long it's going to be on Netflix, but... Go just just hit pause. Go watch it and come back and we'll discuss. And uh, yeah, so now I can actually tell you that's it for me this week. Back and forth was the last thing what? I watched. Check it out, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my goodness. I'm re- I, You know what? I'm going to watch that on behalf of my homie. You will like it, man. I promise. You'll find it interesting. There's a lot of shit in there. Well, I watched the whole Metallica one and I don't know any of those songs. This is way more interesting in my opinion. Was it? I, the only reason I like the um, Some Kind of Monster because it was so long. Like, it was a long documentary, and I like when they say, okay, we're going to take you on a ride. It was it was a bit, it was was good. It was very interesting. This one, mm-hmm. whereas that one was a little bit darker, this one's just, it's all about um, success. All the way up to success. And Dave Grohl's just super charismatic, and he's funny in this, and I think you're going to like it. Um, I remember, uh, remember uh, Tantra Gutierrez? I have heard of that, but I can't tell you who that one's about. It's about Elton John. Oh, okay. Was that on Netflix? Yeah. No. This one, you kind of, this was one of those that you actually had to have like a, I don't know where you find it now. Cause it was him at his worst. Like he'd throw stuff in the dressing room, mad at this. He was like, Hey, is this tantrums? In the TR? Like some things are good. Some things are bad, but he threw tantrums on this freaking documentary. They followed him on a tour. It's the name that sticks out to me that the name of the movie, but um, no, yeah. I, I would like to see that. If you find out where I can watch it. It's hard that, to find know. dude. You, I mean, YouTube, I'm perhaps? sure you could find it. <laughs> But it's hard for most people to find. Not me, man. I got the friend. Yes. You, your friend will probably definitely get it to you. And you will watch it and be like, he was. But when, I mean. He's a very reliable friend. Uh, yes. So uh, uh, anyway, what I've been watching this week um, was 
the first thing I started off with was I remember something that Dan had said. He said, you know what? You really need to check out these Star Wars movies. I said, Star Wars, you say? Hmm. And I twist my beard in a very menacing way. And I look up on my on demand and decide to go for it. And so I watched first. I watched Force Awakens. Okay, first, let me say, Steve, it doesn't even matter what you say next. If you say I absolutely hated this movie. Yes. I'm proud of you for doing it finally, man, because, you know, quite frankly, I, I don't understand why you never did in the first place. But it was ridiculous. But uh, ridiculous. congratulations to you. So I didn't mean to interrupt you. Let me know what you think about. Oh, and I want to let you know, too, because I knew that you were going to be watching this. I actually watched it, even though it would be like the 13th time I've seen it, something like that. I watched it again just for the sake of, you know, being able to talk about oh, this a little bit that. in detail with yeah, you. I appreciate that that dedication. Um, I loved it, man. I absolutely from the beginning the beginning, I loved it. Um, what they did is for everybody. Now, this is for people who have never really watched it. Yeah, you that I'm that one guy. To you. Yeah, that one person. That one dude. I'm sure there's other, you know, brothers and sisters. Y'all know who I'm talking to. Yeah, I mean, and we got, but, um, and we had confirmation on that at work, by the way, too. Oh, did we? You remember we were talking to? Uh, I don't want to say. His oh, name, that's right. We did. You guys, you guys had a bonding moment and, and agreed we that did. that's something that uh, you know. We don't. A lot of us just don't get into unless you're like my dad's age. Like the old Star Wars, but like the new cats, I don't know. So I watch it. And the awesome thing, here's why this is JJ, right? This is JJ, yes. I knew, dude, and I didn't even look it up. Let me tell you why I knew it was JJ. And I told you this a while ago, okay? So um, I'm assuming some of you haven't seen it. If you have seen it, um, or if you have not seen it, I'm not really ruining anything, but let me break it down a little bit. So in the beginning, we have these stormtroopers. Uh, invading a build of uh, invading a um a land some sort of planet that's all you know at least that's all i knew i knew these people should not be getting shot i'm not going to tell you what happens before that because it kind of does give you some spoilers i don't want you to know this is adorable or i would rather you not have so let's just say that okay there's a fight going on but you could tell one of the stormtroopers is uncomfortable okay now normally in other movies let's take uh uh let's take um, what's the name of that? Uh, the Transformers. Transformers. Robots are fighting. And a lot of times you're like, which one is the good robot? You kind of don't know at a certain point. You just know they're fighting and someone gets their arm decapitated. You're like, oh, should I be like, oh no? Or should I be like, yes, you don't know. Because they all start looking like the same robot. You don't know who are the good ones or the bad ones. What JJ does in this opening scene is there's uh, one gets shot. The guy puts his bloody palm on the helmet of the person that feels uncomfortable. So from then on, you know that that stormtrooper is different from all the other stormtroopers. That's just a genius way of doing movies, man. Now we know who to look for. Because there's a part where Kylo Ren looks over and he could be looking at anyone, but you see the mark on his face. So you know that he's concentrating on him. And I'm like, dude, come on, J.J., are you firing on that middle cylinders right now? Is that what we're doing today? <laughs> it just, it, it's one of those things where he knew that's, a, that's a movie by a movie watcher. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He was he a knows huge what fan. We would, he grew up, he grew up yeah, watching. He, and he knew, you know what the hard thing would be distinguishing this guy from the rest of the stormtroopers. So that automatically from jump got me like, Oh, this is really cool. Um, another thing JJ does is uh, that, Oh, you know what? George Lucas did it too. I know that because I don't even know C-3PO. 
and I don't even know these different people, but he's, he's he was able right to now, make them like people. Wars. Huh? Huh? What what did you say? Oh, uh, nothing, man. Go on, please. Please. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so I don't even know these people really, but I knew that, oh, I see them as actual things with a personality. JJ did the same thing with this robot. I started liking this robot. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why am I rooting for him to get away from gunfire? He's not a thing. But why am I rooting for him to escape? You were referring He's to not a you were thing. referring to BB-8. Yes, not a thing though. And so I'm like, why do I care if he gets shot? He's a robot, or it's a robot. She's a robot. I shouldn't care, but he makes you care about that robot. And um. <laughs> It was a it was a thing where I was like, oh, this is so ridiculous. And I had to kind of and you know what? I decided not to. You know how you kind of had to pull yourself out and be like, why am I invested in this? They're not real. I didn't do that this time. I was like, you know what? I like the robot. The end. I don't want this robot to get hurt. I just want you to know right now, I'm just I'm listening to you because I want to know. I want to know what because you're coming in so fresh to the Star Wars universe. I'm very intrigued to hear what you're saying. So if don't please don't mind me if I'm not like commenting back and forth with you. I'm, I'm curious what your take is on this. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, and it's it's the the next thing that really got me when they were going. Um, well, I think we all know that Boyega's in this movie. Can we all agree that we all know that he's in this movie? I do. Um, so <laughs> he does such a good job so of adorable. bringing a certain umph to his part where it's a Normally, okay, normally a lot of people would have given them some sort of accent. A lot of these people accents and had to explain why they all talk like this. They didn't do that. They're like, he talks this way. Han Solo talks this way. And um, uh, uh, is it Ridley? Daisy, you're talking about Ray. Daisy Ridley? Yeah. Yes. Yes. She talks a certain way. None of them talk alike. But it's just like, this is what it is. He didn't try to make them put on, except, you know what, Boyoga did have to put, because he has a British accent. But it it seems so natural. Yeah, he sounded. So I, I, I thought he sounded perfectly like uh, perfectly natural, basic as they'd call it, American. You know, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Okay, now here's another thing. There's a there's a scene where uh, Ray is riding her. I don't even know what you call the machines. Some sort of motorcycle, floating, levitating thing. I thought She's it looked like a fudgesicle, bro. What do you think? Could you picture that thing? She it like, kind of like did. She was just riding it on a fudgesicle. And when she wrote it, there's this huge sun behind her. And I'm like, I feel like I'm, I mean, for some reason, that scene immersed me into that world. This is where we are now. And I'm like, JJ did that on purpose. I don't know what about that scene immersed me, but it just, I'm there now. I'm in this desert. This desert is dry. I feel sorry for, you know, the stormtrooper that crashed. I feel bad. I mean, it's just like, wow. And so when she reaches her town, I'm just like, oh, this town doesn't have anything. And I'm talking about this happens within the first 20 minutes of this movie. You are now in the movie. JJ somehow has put you in the movie before the adventure starts. And so now that you're invested in all these characters, let's move forward now. What are your opinions on, let's see, let's see, let's talk about this here. I don't even know where to start with you. And I want you to know that I wasn't interrupting you. I tried not to anyway. I'm not going to be that Star Wars dick that's like, well, it's not a robot, it's a droid, or this or anything. Because yes. because I'm, you know, 
This is your fresh take I appreciate on it. No, it's cool. Thank I'm not going to be that, some elitist prick like that. I mean, no offense to the elitist pricks out there. I'm just saying. Um, yes. I like this because I want to know what's up with you. Because I have tried to get you to watch Star Wars for so long. And truly, you, you did not go to... You didn't, you didn't, you didn't go the steps. You know what I'm saying? No. You didn't take the steps, but that's no. okay. Because you enjoyed this one and that's great. Now, I'll let you know that a lot of people, Steve, don't actually like this movie. A lot of people. That is incredible. But a lot of people love it. And I'm one of those people. I actually think... See... What I heard, <clears throat> what I read when the movie came out was that a lot of people were thinking that it's it's too much like episode four. Uh, Storyline, the way things work out. And honestly, I've always felt that it's it's something that was totally intentional. J.J. Abrams knows how to make a freaking movie. He knows how to, like Dude. you're saying, he knows how to Dude. drag you in like that. And yes. now you're taking the fact that he's been in love with this stuff, much like myself, since he was a kid. So of course he wants to come correct with this. And I think that he that, intentionally... Totally gave you those elements that made you fall in love with the Star Wars universe in the first place, even if he had to sort of take you back to a similar environment. I always felt like J.J. made the movie for himself. What, for his, his I don't know how old he is, but I, I was like around seven, I think. I think we were like the same age. So I was roughly seven, yeah. eight years old when that one came out. I think he's 51. Oh, okay, then we're nowhere near that. Well, we're close. Yeah. We're close, but not that not yeah. that close. You guys were children. We were children. We were all children at the same time. That's yes. correct. We were out running, riding yes. bikes and shit like that when this came out. Yes. And I think that he made this movie for his younger self. Something that he knew that that kid would enjoy. And I think that it oh, worked totally. like a charm, man. I think it absolutely worked. It makes me really excited to see what's going to happen next. I mean, I know we have Ryan Johnson that's going to do The Last Jedi coming out here. And, oh, my Lord, it's going to be 12 days from now. But I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that he can, that Ryan Johnson, I mean, I, I love Ryan Johnson's work. Looper was amazing. He's way more cerebral. He's going to be way more, uh, think about this. Check this out. Look how deep this is. I mean, look at Brick. Look at Looper. You know, look at these movies that he's done. They're very, um, they have a hidden meaning. This means this, or, you know, it's just pay attention to the characters type of stuff. I'm very interested in if he's able to, um, like, you know how JJ is just like, yeah, imagine this and you got to think about this, but also I'm going to give you flashy things so that it's obvious what I'm trying to do. I'm not going to make it so that you're just not, oh, you're not getting it. That's not JJ's style. He's not going to make you wonder what he meant by that. He'll put in Easter eggs and be like, oh, that was cool for all those who know. But other than that, he's like, no, you're going to walk away knowing exactly what I meant, what this means in this movie. And here's why I think J.J. was so smart. So, you know, once I watch a movie and I'm introduced to something, I go deep down the rabbit hole. So I, I start researching the movie and an interesting thing comes up. There's a massive aerial picture of the Millennium Falcon at the studio in England, right? Oh, I know the picture you're talking about. Yes. Let me tell you why JJ's a G. He could have built that in the studio. Totally. Hidden from everyone. He purposely didn't. Like, he wanted him to be like, oh no, this is how I'm rolling. We ain't doing no CG Millennium Falcon. We are building this mug. I think JJ's that smart that he didn't want to build it in studio. That he wanted to be like, no, I don't care if you get aerial shots. I'm not even going to try to pull them down you're going to be able to see what I'm doing up in this mug. And I think it was a genius. If I would have seen that as a Star Wars fan, probably, I would have lost my crap. I would have lost it. So would you consider yourself a Star Wars fan now? I'm, I'm a, I, I think I'm a... Um, huh. Maybe it's a little too soon. Like, you have to get a little more I don't, under, yeah, under your I belt, have to right? get. I have to get... Because I watched 
this and then I watch Rogue One, the next one has to get me in. Because if the next one's dope, I'm fully on board. So you're going to be seeing that one then? Because I yes, for sure. I absolutely want to be talking about this like the weekend of. That's my goal. Yeah, I'm for sure going to watch it. And I'm very eager to to see where it goes. I'm hoping that it's not one of those things where Ryan uh, Johnson is like, well, I'm assuming that you've seen all the movies before this. But I think that I would be a not. great assumption. I mean, I think that you have to. You This is... It's the fucking Skywalker story. You know what I mean? Like you you have this saga that is coming to completion in one more episode, episode nine. Not You know, we're on eight coming up next week. But I absolutely think that's the way it has to be. There has to be that familiarity there. This is how you're going to close the gap. I mean, people are familiar like familiar. Like you could ask anybody that's never seen the show or never seen the movies and they could say this happens in the movie. But if they're just like, no, we're going to go way deep. It's going to be like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't watch the movie that many times, so I don't know. I didn't know all those. That's what I'm wondering. That's why I'd probably wait for you to see it and be like, should I have watched all of Star Wars like three times each to get this movie? And if you're like, yes, you need to go deep. I I could tell you that now. I think you're okay. I really do think that you should try. I think you're going to get more out of the next one coming up here, The Last Jedi, if you go back and watch the original three. I really think that's important okay. to do so because there's a lot going on there. There's a lot that explains Kylo Ren's behavior. There's a lot that explains, you know, you didn't really see much of Mark Hamill in this one here, but there's a lot that's oh, turns really out going I did to... watch the movie. You did? I didn't tell you. You watched which one? That's what my mom says. Oh, oh, you mean you re- she like took you to the show or something like that to see it? Yes. Yeah, but if you don't remember, it doesn't really count, right? That's true. So, <laughs> no, that's you know, totally true. I mean, I could have told you I went and saw the freaking Led Zeppelin, but if I was in utero, not a big deal, right? That's totally yeah, true. Yeah, so you know, it's, it's, I really think that it's important for you to truly get what they're trying to achieve out of this. I really think so. I know a lot of people, eh, Star Wars, whatever, and even yourself was like that, but I have love for these things. I don't think they're all great movies. I think there's a lot that I could actually say that are, you know, I have a lot of negative comments to make about the, uh, the original three. But they're they're my favorite movies. They're some of my favorite movies. You know, I have a lot okay. of bad feelings coming up for, for when uh, George Lucas decided to kind of like alter them and add some more digital effects to him to do what he wanted to do to him. I mean, they were his movies and he had every right to do that. But it wasn't really my cup of tea. This, that said, these ones here, man, they, there's definitely working towards a closure. So I think it's super important that you go back and get some of that history. That way you can you can keep up with this. But it doesn't mean that I you're not going to definitely check it out. Yeah, good. But it doesn't mean that you're not going to get like enjoyment out of these here. You're just going to there's just going to be some things where you might be sitting in the theater and someone's going to be like, oh, damn. And you're, you won't know exactly yeah. why. Those kind of things. You know what I mean? I totally get that. I mean, it's there are certain things that. I mean, I was so jazzed about it. Again, I wouldn't have even, I would have pushed stop and been like, oh, it was okay. But I was so jazzed about Force Awakens that it immediately made me push stop and push or be like, oh, that was good. And start up Rogue One, Rogue, which I shouldn't have done. Rogue One is a different beast for sure. A different beast. I'm sure, but I'm sure you have some opinions about that one. Well, my only opinion is one thing, because I'm not getting on here. I'm not going to waste time bashing something or not even kind of like been like, oh, this wasn't that. No, no, no. Because I'm not invested in how could I say Rogue One's not good when I haven't even watched the first few Star Wars? Who am I to say anything's good? Totally fair. But I would I would say one thing that was worth watching the whole freaking movie. Oh, I know what you're going to say right now, I bet. Oh, boy. (laughs) So there is a scene. Everyone that hasn't seen it, turn it off right now because I'm going all deep right now. There is a freaking scene that there is something on a ship that Darth Vader wants. <laughs> oh, man. 
And so he's like, well, let's board. So I'm thinking they show the other ship and all these uh, soldiers are running, 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 running. And I'm like, oh, the reason they're running is because I think Darth Vader is going to hit the ship with his ship and they don't want to get hit. And boy, was I wrong. I'm talking about they were running like when you see Jurassic Park and you see a dinosaur chasing people, they're running like that. That's the run or kink. Or if you see like Godzilla chasing people down that street, imagine that in a ship. Hey, brother, you know, that's what, what they're running. I, I huh. honestly think that we are safe enough here on this show. I think that you are absolutely safe to go ahead and just spoil this one, because quite honestly, I do think that the majority of people have seen these movies. And I think you should just come out okay. and say what you're talking about, brother, because it was that good. So I'm thinking perhaps a T-Rex was reanimated on this ship. <laughs> and everyone is running from such an amazing creature. But check it out. They look behind him and you see Darth Vader with his lightsaber glowing. I'm like, oh, Literally paused the movie and ran through the house. I believe it. I said, that is such a good scene. <laughs> that is such a good scene that most people should use that. As in, like, people should be scared and just see somebody in a pose being like, that's what they're running from. How didn't... I'm sure people have done it. But, oh, snap. He People turn around and start firing at him, and he just blocks it like yesterday. Mind you... I'm already aware because I read the comic book, the, the comic book version of Darth Vader. I'm aware that he could just use the force and call it a day. But he just rolls through killing people like what? And I'm talking about, I was scared for the fighters. I'm like, oh no, this is bad. Like he might just go run through and barely by the skin of their teeth, the fighters get away. And Darth Vader's just sitting there on the edge of the ship watching them fly away and dip into light speed. And I'm like, why couldn't you make the movie like that? What I like to, okay. What I'll, what I'll say about Rogue One is that I saw it twice. The first time I came out, I'm like, that was pretty dope. Particularly because that's pretty much the end scene that you're talking about. Close to the end scene. So I was like mm -hmm. like on it when I came out. Like that was just the shit right there. Because that's how Darth Vader... They've always said that Darth Vader is going to is menacing. Dude. And he's, you know, he's terrifying. But I'm like, okay. I, I mean, I get it. Yeah, okay, you're saying so. Star Wars Universe, he's the bad guy. Sure, okay. That proved it. That proved Dude. how badass he was. Dude. And I hope we see... Even though some people are getting sick of seeing the same, you know, the same characters all, all the time... I think we need a Darth Vader movie. Just straight Darth Vader the whole time. I, I would eat that up, man. I mean, dude. Dude, dude. I mean, and then that took me back to uh, Rogue One, or that took me back to The Force Awakens, and I was like, hey, yo, if Vader's this strong and Kylo Ren is this strong, how strong is Supreme Leader Snoke? What can he do? I want to know what he can do. Lots of theories floating around, and I know we're going to see more of them, but I have a feeling we're going to be left with much to be desired. I have a, That's what I've been reading. Like it's, You're going to get him. You're going to get Snoke, and you're going to see him in a more of a... You know how that was all hologram? Yes. We're going to be seeing him in more uh, practical effects mode, you know, like real, the real deal thing. Okay. 
but I don't think it's going to, it's going to tease us a little bit. I think we're going to finally get that, that Supreme Leader Snoke mystery solved in episode nine. That's what I'm thinking. I have no, nothing to really base it on other than what I've read, but I think that's what's going to happen. I, I would really like for them to go deeper into, because now, okay, maybe not y'all, maybe not a lot of people, but now I'm very interested into, as a newcomer, since I connected those two immediately, I want to know what he can do. What is he capable of? Because people, in order for Darth Vader to submit himself, you have to be a G, it sounds like. And this dude is a G. So what can he do? I hope they I hope they just do a little something on him. Just show him run through like 100 people and they'll be like, oh, snap, that's what he can do. Okay. Getting back to Force Awakens, may I ask you who your favorite character was in the movie? Dude, that is a hard... Okay, there's a few... I mean, and the thing is, I don't know why he gets so much hate. Um, Look, I like Lupita Nyong'o. I didn't know it was her. I did not know that that was her. Playing, under the playing Maz Kanata? Did not know that was her. Could, had no idea. Turns out Andy Serkis kind of, you know, guided her through that whole motion capture thing. She did a great job. Um, He'd be the man to ask, right? He would be that dude. Um, I did like Adam Driver, man. I really did. I don't know why people didn't like that dude. Is it just that they don't like girls? I think girls might have infected him a little. And maybe he represents that independent, quirky actor guy that people don't really like too much. I would definitely have to agree with you that he is that. I don't know if you're saying that he is, but I definitely feel that way about him. I think he's really quirky and kind of kind of weird and odd, to be honest with you, in real life. But I loved Kylo Ren. I thought... When he had his his helmet on, doing what he did, he was one of the most menacing looking characters that's ever come out of the Star Wars universe. Excuse me, universe. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I thought he was like, oh snap, this is really good. And I think my favorite character of all is definitely John Boyega. I mean, look, he was tiptoeing, him and JJ. JJ knew what he was getting into when he put out that trailer and the that and uh, the stormtrooper took off his helmet. He knew he was going to get hate for that he knew what was coming down the line and jj went with it anyway and john just won people over i mean i still saw the ill comments but most people were like yeah i'm buying it why because i think he did a great job him him and um ray i believed those two like when there's a part that ray gets taken somewhere and the way he screams at that spaceship i'm like oh snap like he cares he really, he has no reason. Right. He yeah. Yes. I was like, that wasn't a fake. He was like legit. Uh, a, and so I was like, oh, I love John Boyega. And mind you, I've been, but I've been a fan of him since Attack the Block, though. Oh, I, I love, I love Attack had. the Block, man. That was great. Oh, I, th- I thought he was just, I'm like, oh, this kid, he might be onto something. And I'm glad that the rest of America saw it. You know how he had like that, I think I'm going to say it wrong. Is it the Cockney accent? That is not a Cockney accent. Yes, is that what it is? Yes. yes. I think. My ignorant American ass is calling it a Cockney accent. Forgive me, folks, if that's not what it is. But that movie is so incredible. It was so awesome. But I was really like wondering yeah. how that was going to translate over. I didn't realize he could do such a strong, I keep saying American, but there is no American in the Star Wars universe. But that that accent, the, you know, the regular accent. Yes. And you know, I do wonder, why do you think J.J. chose, because it would have been easier for him to go into a normal English accent. You know, I was Why wondering do you think that. Why he chose him to take it away? Because Ray has an English accent. 
And I'm wondering, like, I wonder. I'm sure there's something written about that because I was actually wondering the same thing. But he does great. He's a great actor, and I, th- he I does think fantastic. I really. Finn won me over. I think the dynamic between Finn and Ray and this one was just fantastic. And I think that Daisy Ridley is fantastic. I, I fell in love with Daisy Ridley uh, as an actress just because she's there's something so charming about this woman when she acts. And I cannot I, wait I to see so what happens in, in uh, episode eight. Oscar Isaac as Poe Dameron. Another one I thought that John Boyoga played. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, man. This voice is going away. I'm so sorry. No problem, brother. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. There might be some editing in here where I'm like getting my voice back, but I apologize, uh, Steve. But what I was saying is that uh, I think the way that John Boyega and Oscar Isaac played off each other was equally strong. They didn't do it enough, but they definitely had a bro ship going on there that that I hope comes out more in the next movie. Honestly, though, bro, for me, it was all about Han Solo. Like, really? Because I've got the attachment. I've got the investment there, oh, as you put it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've watched, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and to have him come back. Matter of fact, you were talking about this off mic, but you were saying how how it hits you when you saw him and Chewie run into the, into the millennium Falcon right at the beginning. That was amazing for me. I went to the star Wars celebration back in 15 with my friend, Mike, and we were watching this footage that hadn't been seen yet. We had, no one had seen any trailers yet or anything like that. I swear to you, I'm not even lying. I I almost got tears in my eyes just because it was so, no, I got misty. I'm not joking. Yeah. I'm not exaggerating. I didn't watch it. No, I got misty and I hadn't even watched the original star Wars. I mean, but I used to have the, the, I had some sort of clay set that, and my mom had to remind me, I had a clay set of him frozen in some sort of... Carbonite, baby. Yeah, and I had that clay set. And so she's like, why would you have asked for that if you didn't see the movie? I'm like, you're right. I remember having that. Are you referring to like a, like a Play-Doh? Yes, there we go, Play-Doh. Play-Doh Cloud City? Dude, I think I had that. What, maybe, and that's why maybe the mistiness... Was like my subconscious going back. Nostalgic got sparked. Like, yes. And it was like, no, you remember these people. You do. You may not really remember them in your forefront, but your subconscious, because when they walked in, immediately I got misty. I was like, oh. And the way that JJ was like, he didn't even clue you in that that's who's going to be walking in. He didn't even clue you in. They just walk in. You're like, oh. <laughs> and dude, I forgot about that. The chase scene with those monsters in the freaking ship. Yeah. Come on, dog. Come on, G. You know, it's funny is I'm per- I really am purposely not adding to this because I'm 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 enjoying the excitement that you have coming in as a no offense, like like a newbie type thing. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm really enjoying yes, listening totally. to you talk this way. So I'm just having I had so much fun. And normally movies like they'll be like, OK, we got to pull this uh, fuse and everything goes right. They pull the fuse and everything goes right. There's a part where they just pull the wrong fuse. They're like, whoops, that was not supposed to happen. And I'm like, that would be a normal thing. You would make mistakes <laughs> be like that because you're and I just I thought it was so freaking cool. And, you know, in the situation, John Boyega. He wasn't trying to act dope. When he got caught by one of the monsters, no spoiler, he freaked out like we would. Screaming like we would because you're freaking getting held by this crazy thing. Freaking ball of death with tentacles and teeth. Dude. Now, what I loved is here's where the the, the, the dopeness came in for me with Han Solo. Han Solo treated it like, oh, I've been here and done it. I'm not freaking out by these monsters. It just doesn't freak me out. I mean, we need to act fast, but I'm not going to be, I've done this before. And I was like, oh, JJ just showed that a senior's in the house. 
a guy that's been here and done it and got out of worse. I really enjoyed that. Again, um, he was like, the thing is, I think the reason I like John Boyega is because he reacted the way I would because I had never seen things like this. Like, he reacted toward Chewbacca the way people should. It's like that thing, you can understand that hell? thing? <laughs> that thing can understand yeah, exactly. you and so watch it. Like, we're all crazy. Like, we're nuts. And he's just like, what is he, why am I, what? And I'm like, thank you, John. I appreciate it because I'm sitting here thinking the same thing. <laughs> so he was like, it's almost like Jace, uh, JJ put someone in there to say, okay, this is your tangible for people who haven't watched it. This is you now. This is your person you could actually go through this fight with. So the deeper he got in the fight, the deeper I went with Boyega in the fight. So I, I loved it. I loved it, man. I'm going to talk about a few people that I don't know if you're aware were in the movie. I have a feeling you'll get this one. So do you recall Captain Phasma, who that was? This is funny. I know, guys, bear with us. I know that you these this has been covered a lot in podcasts, but I'm enjoying listening to my friend Steve find his way through Star Wars here. So bear with me. Um, Captain, Captain Phasma. Phasma. Let me just make it simple for you. The Chrome Stormtrooper. Oh, Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah, yeah. See... Yeah. I liked her better this time because the last time I saw the movie, I was I had not watched Game of Thrones. So I don't know why it just kind of bugged. I don't know why she bugged me. It had nothing to do with her being a female, nothing like that. I just didn't get into her. But after watching Gwendolyn Christie in Game of Thrones, like I, I love Captain Phasma now, if that makes any sense. Oh, she was, she was, the thing is. And she looked freaking She's who should have been. Too. Dude. She, I, she was so big, I forgot that she had to be a person underneath there. Because I'm thinking, oh, they created a droid of some sort that just has that voice. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, they're all people. I'm tripping. This isn't some massive droid with a, it's a person. And that's why, again, people, I'm not going to quit saying it. She should have been Wonder Woman. I'm never going to quit saying I'm going to strongly disagree with you, sir, but I but I love Gwendolyn Christie now. Oh, you're ridiculous. We're going to have a whole episode on that thing because right. you have lost your mind. Ding, ding. Anyway, go we got it. All right. I'm ready for that sparring match. So I'm going to throw names at you, but you probably won't know these names. So I'll have to like just okay, tell you who they were. were. So the person that I'm referring to right now is uh, Onkar Plutt. This is the guy that was on the planet of um, Jakku. That was the, the desert planet you were referring to. And he, oh, was he the seller? Yeah, he's one that you get one quarter portion. Yes, Do you know who that yes, was? Yes, yes, yes. I don't know who did it, though. You don't know who the person playing the character was? I do not know. That would be one Simon Pegg. Shut yeah, up. That's Simon Pegg. His voice? That's uh, Yeah. I, I mean, you know, you just got to put some... I could make myself probably turn it with my mixer here and make myself sound pretty close to I that. I know but that, yeah. man. Have, I wonder if they've worked together before. That's a random pool. I'm not entirely sure to be honest with you, but yeah, that was pretty, pretty well I known. Could t- like if Edgar Wright did it, I'd be like, oh, of course he got Simon. Like there would be an automatic, but I'm curious as to, oh, Star Trek. Oh, well, duh. Yes, of course. Of course. Yes, yeah, Star Trek. I'm tripping. Why am I even thinking about that? I can't even believe, yeah, I, I, I can't even believe it took me that long to freaking answer that question. I think I was just listening to you, man. But of course. Uh, uh, Star Trek. So I get that. Who else? Give me some more. Jake. I did not know Ed, uh, Simon Peck. That, that's a great job, dude. He's Mr. Scott. That was a good job doing that, man. Who else? Let's see. Um, well, he wasn't really hidden or anything, but like Max von Sydow was in it for just a little bit right at the beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was yep. good. Getting back to our other podcast, there was someone mm-hmm. that we rave about constantly that was in this movie, but he was he oh, was in it what? he was in it so little that even I didn't really notice him to be honest with you. But I'm talking about Pip Torrens is in this movie. Is he? He really? plays Colonel Kaplan. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's just it's like blinking. Oh, he was, he was, he was. 
That's right. Yeah, Pip was in it. That was actually my he first. Came in and said one line and then dipped. Did he say anything else? That was pretty much it. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. like when we started when we were talking about um, Hairstar on the word, and I found out that he was going to be the one that played him. I had to go back and like he was he was in Star Wars, and then you know you find them, you're like, oh, okay, so he was he was kind of in Star Wars, you know, <laughs> he wasn't in it that much, but technically, yes, he was in The Force Awakens. Um, okay, I got one for you. So there's a scene where Ray is figuring out her powers that she has with the Force. And she actually uses what, it wasn't quite the Jedi mind trick, but she uses mind manipulation on one of the stormtroopers to get her out. Mm-hmm. Do you know who that stormtrooper was? Oh, 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 oh. Um, wasn't it uh, um, James Bond? Yes, Daniel Craig was in that one. Yeah, Daniel Craig, yes. See, I think he was probably just another another freaking Star Wars fan that just put me in. I don't care where you put me. Just put me in somewhere. You know what I mean? But J- Kevin Smith was somewhere, too. Kevin Smith played a... He I, he wasn't physically he was in the movie. Voice. He just did a voice of yeah. one of the Stormtroopers when they were having that big battle re- when they took Ray, when Kylo took yes. Ray. Oh, and it's completely different. What did you think of that one Stormtrooper that had that badass... That badass weapon that he fought Finn with. When he's like, traitor. Oh, that was really cool. Yeah, I love that. That dude was awesome. And I also, I, I like the fact that apparently John, he's not a good fighter. Boyega? Homeboy's just not a fighter. Yeah, he's not. He's an average, everyday f- Yeah, that's what he said in the movie. He's like, look, man, they they they. this is the only name I've ever been given. These, I never knew my parents. They just raised me to be this person. And the first time that I went out and for my first battle, I'm like, oh, no, that's not me. Which is why he escaped in the first place, you know. But I, I like that. I like that they made him vulnerable that way. And he had to kind of find his strength in the movie. There's like some deep shit going on with this one. You just have to kind of dig into it a little bit, you know. Yeah. I mean, look, dude. Look. Look. I'm looking. If. I'm fucking looking, this okay. This is what no, Star <laughs> Wars. If this is what Star Wars is, Star Wars is, man. I'm in, dude. Good. That's glad. I'm, I'm see. I don't want to have the full on. St- you need to, and I don't know if you will, and I'm not expecting you to, but I think you need to see more and let it kind of marinate a little bit before we can actually wax about it back and forth like that. That's why I was letting you roll with it because I really liked listening to, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't really know that many people that don't know the Star Wars saga. I mean, I know people are like, oh, I've never seen it. And they just, and I wouldn't talk to them about that kind of stuff anyway. But out of my friends, you know, I, they're like one of the only people. So I was very interested in just hearing it. I liked hearing you call the droids the robots. I liked hearing you see, say those things because it's new and it's fresh and it made it exciting for you. And I think totally. that's freaking awesome. So kudos to you, sir. And I'm glad that you watched the movie. Thank you. And I, Thank I'm hoping you. that you're going to see, you know, The Last Jedi next week or two weeks from now. I will. Because sure. we got some stuff to I, talk I still about. Got, I still got a few things to catch up on. I got old. Ragnarok to catch Yeah, I don't know what too. is going on with your movie watching. I think Dude, I think I know what I you're getting know. for Christmas though. I know you don't want one. You won't pay for it yourself. I may just need to hook you up with a movie pass so you can just do this shit. I just literally I dude, I'm I'm looking in oh, we'll talk about it again, but I'm looking into that movie pass thing, Jake. Are you still against it? Um, I think it's Netflix. I still I think it's Netflix up to shenanigans, man. I, I'm telling you that I think in for the purposes of this show, I was talking to my wife about this at lunch. I really think that I need to get one of these just so I can go out and, and catch a movie. And you know what? Maybe one day, maybe Steve gets sick one day. Not sick, like real sick or anything like that, God forbid. But, you know, sick. And you're not going to be able to do the show or you just stepped away like I did for a second. I want to be able to go like check a show out and come back and talk about it. I totally get that. You know? Well, I know that I'm going to have to start going to movies more as a requirement. Because, like, I am the, I'm not comparing myself to anyone, but there are people that are on top of this stuff. Like for real, like when you when they're talking online or on a, on a show, 
They've seen the movie. Why? Because they need to be in the talk. They need to be of the moment and they need to be able to have conversations about these movies. Absolutely. The fact that I still can't converse about uh, Thor Ragnarok is pathetic. But you know what? That's okay. I mean, because like we've said before, this isn't like where these movie experts that are, are critics or whatever, critics that are like making a podcast, you know what I mean? On the side. Yes. We are just fans of film and TV and comics and things like that. And we're, we're, that's why we're talking about things like back and forth from the Foo Fighters that came out in like 2011. Yes. You know what I mean? That's why you were talking about train spotting because it hits you right. It doesn't matter if we're, it doesn't, everything doesn't always have to be current, but did it hit you right? That's what's important. That's right. So, you know, that's so true. yeah, man, don't, so that's, but I'm gonna get you that. I think Steve, I think uh, a little spoilers. I think, oh, I think I, I might have to get that. you a, a pass, man. I appreciate that. I don't. I can't get you no thousand dollar egg, but I'll get you something. You don't need. I already got two of them, man. No, I'm just kidding. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so that is that is what I was watching this applause week. Applause to you. Um, applause to you for watching Star yes. Wars, man. You, you've you've stepped into a greater world. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and this brings us to our news segment. Dan has some interesting news today. Steve, I mean, I got some news, but Danathan, he's the one with the news. Wow, no, no fucking pressure there, Hudson. Thank you. <laughs> and now for Dan's like mediocre of news me. of the week. Here we go. Oh, stop it, Jay. Let's see. What was interesting to me this week? Uh, okay, I'll start off with this. So did you happen to take a look at the, the new uh, Robin that's going to be coming out on CW's Titans? I didn't, man. Do you watch that show? It's not out yet, man. It doesn't come out. I think. No, I'm saying, do you watch like the, the, the cartoons? As in Teen Titans? Yeah. Uh, no, to be honest with you. I mean, I've seen Teen Titans. And I know the characters and everything. It is funny. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not something that's that's really in my in my library that I'm watching all the time. But I, yes, I'm familiar with it. Okay, um, that's fair. So they showed the first picture of Robin that's going to be played by Brenton Thwaites. He will be playing Dick Grayson slash Robin on the episode. The current, mm-hmm. it says that, well, see, I was looking on IMDb and seeing if I can get any more information. But it says that it's supposed to be coming out in 2018. Uh, it stars Brenton Thwaites, uh, Tegan Croft, Anna Diop, and a few other gems there. But now I'm not sure if it's going to be Nightwing and Robin, or I don't know exactly what they're doing there. But the picture that they release is, and I'm going to put a link up to it, is of Robin. Did you see this picture? I did not. Oh, no, no, no. I did see the picture. Yes. So what are your thoughts? Because I know that you're a fan of Robin, right? I am not a fan of any of the... Uh... Like, I'm, I'm not really a Batman fan. I'm a Marvel person. Okay. Well, without obviously giving it out, your emails what made me think that. Oh, that would be it. No, it used to be. That used to be my uh, production name. Oh, okay. All right. Well, but you know where I'm now you understand why. I, I totally get so, it. Totally get it. It doesn't look bad. I don't really know what this is going to come out like, but I can tell you that I've liked all of the CW shows so far. You know? Oh, you know what we did? I not, think it looks cool. Yeah. Um. We didn't even talk about Crisis on Earth X, man, but I think we maybe we should we'll get back to that some other point. Yes. Yeah, but for sure. which I loved by the way. Um but yeah, that's out and it's supposed to be coming out in 2018. It looks pretty good so far as far as I can see from the from the the costume, the um Yes, it does look cool. It looks cool. It looks different from anything I've seen. Yes. So I'm into that. Uh that's that's something that just came out the other day and they have that's the only one that they've released so far. They have yet to release anything for I don't know if Cyborg's going to be in this. I don't know if I think Beast Boy is going to be in it for sure, but I I'm very curious to see what they come up with next. So that's just a little something-something. Then there's another one here that uh, I think you might be interested in. Were you a fan of Superfly? I was a fan of Superfly, mainly the um, soundtrack. Soundtrack was great. Curtis Mayfield couldn't do any wrong back then. 
My man just came out, just killing it all the time. Yeah, so they actually have a remake that's in the works here, scheduled to be coming out, and I believe it's going to be 2019. Um, for those of you that do not know what's going on with Superfly, it was a black exploitation film that came out back in 1972, and it involved a, a drug pusher by the name of Youngblood Priest, played by Ron O'Neill, who has been dead for such a dope name. Who Youngblood Priest? Or Ron O'Neill, because they're both pretty dope, if no, you ask me. Young, young Blood Priest, G. How no one has called that as a rap name? Y'all tripping. I would buy that on GP if someone was like, ladies and gentlemen, The White Wall by Young Blood Priest. I'd be like, gee, I just might buy that, because that's a dope name. I'm going to stop going by Dan on this show, and I think I'm just going to have you call me Young Blood Priest. Young Blood Priest. I don't know if I deserve it, but I'm going to do it anyway, just piss you off. <laughs> That's a dope name, dude. So Young Blood Priest tries to retire. You know, he's one of those guys, He's 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 been in the, the business for a while now, and he's trying to, you know, he's trying to get right. But, uh, you know, shit happens, man. To get out, he has to, like, he has to outwit the whole entire neighborhood that's been thugging this whole time, and he's got to keep his lady safe, you know? So... That's pretty much that's there's really not much to it there. But I did read something the other day that I didn't really put the two together. Carlito's way is kind of similar to that role. Have you ever noticed that? I didn't think about I it until it was read, that. but now I want to go back and watch it because it's after reading the reading what I read, it's it seems very similar. So I'm gonna have to check those two out and put them together. I like the movie, I remember. Isn't that Pacino? That was Pacino, yeah. Yeah. And Sean yeah. Penn was in that one too. Oh yeah. yeah I like that I remember movie. That. I saw that one in the theater. That was a good movie. Did you see Shaft? They're making Son of yes. Shaft too. I thought I'd bring that up. Oh, oh, it's gonna be um Homie from uh, I forgot his name. It's from a show I used to watch, but I don't. Uh, what is it? Survivor's Remorse, I think. I think they're using dude from Survivor's Remorse. I forgot his name though. Uh, as the Shaft, I don't know if I'm gonna dig it, Jay. I don't know. I did. I gotta be honest with you. I thought the last Shaft was stupid. I didn't like it with Samuel L. Jackson. I, didn't, just I thought they I picked don't. the perfect guy. Did you? I, there's just sometimes I just don't want to see Samuel L. Jackson. And I think if they were gonna make that movie, they could have made it a little more. I understand what it is and what they're trying to recreate, but mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen it a little more. Like say, um, which I don't think you liked this movie, but um, what? Oh my god! I just fucking spaced out. Uh, who's in it? Oh, God damn it. Michael Jai White. Oh, you're talking about Black Dynamite. Black Dynamite okay. is what I'm referring to. I like that. I, I would like to see them make it a little more like Black Dynamite, you know, just because see, it's, I, it's it was kind of like an ode to it, yet it was still kind of funny. And I and I yeah. I used to watch those movies all the time. I used to watch, we would just have movie night and just watch these movies because they were so fucking awesome and funny at the same time because they weren't, they weren't, I don't even think they were self-aware. Do you know what I mean? I think they were. Oh yeah, for sure. I think they were just making this movie, and it's just how it came out, and it was the times and everything. But they're they're so funny and watchable, man. I, I love it, even though it's not a comedy. Uh, Superfly was a dope ass movie, though, and I, I would like to see it done right. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Well, I think if they do do another Shaft, there's only one person that needs to be Shaft. It's Idris Elba. Hmm. Hmm. The way that he plays Luther, I mean, it's over. It's not a question. With that long, with that long freaking leather coat, it's over. I could see that. I've never really thought about that, but I think I could see that. He, I mean, he's a good enough actor where he can pretty much play whatever he wants anyway. Oh, dude. But yeah, and he's imposing enough where if he comes in the door, they're like, "Oh boy." Yeah, Idris can look menacing. So, oh, dude, that would be great if they could just do the Luther thing and make it really interesting. It would be good, but in dude, in a related news to you, they're making a Cleopatra Jones too. <laughs> they're giving it a big budget remake. 
Really? Do you think that they're doing that? Do you think this is going to be the next wave? You know how sometimes I totally, you know, how sometimes I talk about that. Like, okay, we went through the zombie phase and then we went through the, the vampire exploitation. Are we going yep. through a black exploitation phase right now? We, and they're working with someone who wrote for, um, they're, they're, they hired Michigan Green to write it and produce it. <laughs> it's a movie. And, it, uh, right now she's working with Jordan Peele. I mean, if you're working with, and she's written for sons of anarchy, She's written for Heroes. She's producer of Underground. I think it's going to be good. But they're doing a big budget remake. Like a big, like they're going to give it some money. And what I didn't know is the original one that played it was named Tamara Dobson. Dude, she has the Guinness Book of World Records for tallest leading lady in film. Really? I didn't know that. I had no idea. I was like, what? Cleopatra Jones? Cleopatra Jones, G. I don't know. Maybe if you put Jones on any old Egyptian name, it'll be dope. Jones is a good good name to end with, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I was just looking to see if I could find something. Do I don't see any information about it, like a release date or anything like that. Oh no, it hasn't even. It hasn't even. Yeah, it has nothing. Do they know who's going to be playing her? Nope. Interesting. Okay. I now I, I know who I would. I think the hard thing is it's a. I think it's going to be, unless they get someone new, it sucks that it's going to have to be such a small pool to pull from. But if you actually open the possibilities, there's a million women that can play that part. But if you close in, there's only a few that could actually do it. Well, I was about to ask you, do you have anyone that you would like to see in that role? Um, I think, I mean, Lupita would be good for anything. She would be great at anything. Um, oh man, who would play Cleopatra Jones? She's a tiny I mean, little, uh, a tiny little thing though. Is she's she? little though. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think they're going to try to pick, uh, deny go. I forgot her last name. Guerrera from, uh, walking Dead. I have a feeling she's at least going to be talked to about it. Let me throw something at you. Now this was go done in it. a comedic sense before. Yes. But what if she could actually pull off with the acting chops? What would you think of Beyonce doing that role? No, no. She's too recognizable. Yeah, you got a point. You got a point. She, they'd see her as Beyonce the whole time. And you'll also say, oh, it's Austin Powers again. Yeah, that would be, I think you're right. I think that that would just be, everyone would be kind of focused on that the whole time. Yeah, you got a point. I think it would be really good to get a bigger woman that we don't know. Like a bigger boned woman that we don't know. And she comes in, I mean, make her tall. Make her like six one, six foot. Make her a big woman thicker and be like you know what this is cleopatra jones when she walks in you are you are alerted saying look you ain't just gonna push me around that's what we need i like that you know what i'm saying I like that someone with a more realistic body type yes bingo where they're just like like when and then like if someone's trying to mess with her when she stands up they're like oh who's a nap you know what i'm saying so that would be really good man so I think that would be awesome if they did that right. And they had a woman with a more realistic body type, you know, like you said, thicker, um, because mm-hmm. not everything needs to be ass and titties all the time. You know what no, I'm saying? So, and not six pack, full. like have her eaten. Like whenever you see her, she's eating something. Like she's enjoying her life. <laughs> she's just she's not sitting there chomping on a Mars bar or something. Yeah, she doesn't care. She's like, no, this is how people do. We sit around the table, we eat. I'm not going to sit there and don't have no workout, like workout exercise montage. Don't. Be like, my exercise is whooping y'all's monkey tail. That's my exercise. And I do it on a daily basis. 
We used to basically be there back in the day. You know, I was looking, totally. I was looking at a picture of Marilyn Monroe posing. Oh, she was, yes. and you know, she yes. was a thicker woman. She had stretch marks. She had a, a little yeah. belly. You know what I mean? And and totally. But she was. Look at Pam Greer. Yeah, she was a thicker woman. I mean, but everybody was into Pam. Pam Greer. Yeah, that's just right, Pam Greer. Just, you can't really compare. <laughs> I mean, you look at her pictures today, and you're like, oh yeah, oh oh, there'll be problems. There'll be trouble in the land. What else you got, brother? Oh, hey, man, I do have another thing for you here. Get it. Now, this one's going to hit home, man. I'm hoping you're going to be okay with this here. Uh Uh-oh. But uh, I just read recently that the production has halted on Brian Singer's Queen biopic due to health issues. (laughs) And from what I understand, I think the health Uh issues actually lie with Brian Singer. Mm -hmm. So my man is not having a good year. What do you think is going to happen here? Do you think we're done? Is this movie just going to get scrapped? Are they going to bring in, like, you know, Joss Whedon again and fuck up Freddie Mercury's mustache? I mean, look, it has been reported, G, that um, the absence on the set is concerning new or known allegations of sexual violence against the director. Interesting. I was not aware of that. Now, mind you, they said that he has disappeared... Uh, for X-Men Apocalypse and Superman Returns. He disappeared for both of those. Didn't he have some kind of accusation against him? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm actually not versed on that. There's so many of these going on. And this was, he was actually a pioneer now that I'm thinking about it. This is smelling fishy, bro. This is, I mean, these are allegations. And I'm wondering, is he going to dip and call it, is he going to just leave until it boils? I mean, if it's real family issues, my, my heart goes out. But for people to put this in saying, look, this is sure coincidental. It's happening right now when those allegations are coming around. So here's what my, my worry for Bohemian Rhapsody. A lot of people took off to do this movie. I mean, look, look at the cast. dude. The cast is we got um, Brian May as Gwendolyn Lee, John Deacon, Joe Mazzella, Roger Taylor, Ben Hardy. Those three actors have taken off completely to do this film. Now it's halted, let alone Rami Malek, who plays Freddie Mercury. When you're in a zone, do you want the zone to be paused? No, you never. How you're do you never pause supposed that to, yeah. zone? You, it's, you can't just like hit pause on that. I know what you're saying. Exactly. He is Freddie Mercury right now, and now he has to be like, okay, let me go do something else. Come back as Freddie Mercury. No, you are in that zone. You're. If I wouldn't be surprised if he's listening to Queen songs all the time just to stay in that zone. Now you go back into the real world, and they're like, "Oh, by the way, someone." And let's just imagine worst case scenario: they decide, "Okay, we're going to halt production. We're going to come back with a new director." Now you got to get back in character with a new director. Good thing Jim Carrey's not is playing. Is this it. film gonna, dude? Is this film gonna release? I was gonna ask you that. Is this gonna be one of those movies that just never gets made? I'll watch, I don't, here's my thing. If they release it and it stops almost at the end or a little while, I just want to see it. I want to see, because Rami Malek looks amazing. He looks like Freddie Mercury. From what I've seen, I, I can't argue with you on that. I mean, now here's the thing. Does he move? Like, here's my, okay, if that picture is taken mid-performance, I think he's killing it. Now, if they said pose like Freddie Mercury and then took the picture, then I'd be like, ah. But if he was in mid-performance and they just randomly captured that picture, he might be legit Freddie Mercury. I think it was like our first or second show. I can't remember, but I remember talking about that. They were actually showing some video footage from Dude. of him at the Live Aid set. So he comes out and he's he totally moves like him from what I saw. Dude. So I, I think, you know, 
without hearing how he's going to sound or how he's going to, you know, not that I really heard a lot of, I know you've heard more like Freddie Mercury interviews and things like that than me. I have personally. So in in that aspect, outside of his singing voice, I really don't know that much about Freddie Mercury. I would be interested to see like what someone like a aficionado, a queen would think about that. Well, I know I've seen a million interviews. He has a British accent like you would expect. Um, He licks the top of his lips a lot because that's just a tick he had. He smokes. So I'm interested to see if Rami Malek does all that. I know we always talk about this shit, but what was the initial accusation against Brian Singer? And it was, I'm trying to think of what movie it was. Was it X-Men Apocalypse where he was having all that um, drama? It says here, it says um, in 2014, quote, as reported by THR, actor Michael Egan III filed, That's right. filed a civil suit against Singer and three others accusing them of drugging and forcing Egan into into sex parties at Encino and in Hawaii, starting with Egan, starting when Egan was only 15 years old. Wowzers. Okay. All right. I remember that now. Maybe just, just drop out for a bit, Brian. <laughs> just drop out. Who knows what's going to happen? People have a short memory. So I don't know. If these allegations are never technically proven, he'll just waltz around and people are act like it never happened. So let it go, I guess. <laughs> I hope they don't end up with another Justice League situation. If he did it, get someone else to finish this movie. That's what I'll say. Find someone that's right for the movie and have... And why did you even hire someone that disappears on random sets and costs you millions of dollars anyway? You couldn't find no one else? There's something to be said about reliability. Thank you. I mean, X-Men Apocalypse wasn't even good. And you decided to say, oh, he disappeared, made a terrible movie. Let's hire him again. Really? Come on, G. I'm speaking out of ignorance, but do you think maybe it could have been a contractual thing where he just had these things lined up and ready to go? It might be. Maybe that's what they it was. Might try to, yeah, they might try to lock him in for a bunch of years and he just does progressively worse movies. He's just done this downward spiral. Yes, and we'll see, dude. For sure. What else you got? Uh, last one, man. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, more about Tarantino's Manson movie. Ah. Yes. This is just super short, actually, but we do have a release date for this movie now. It's coming up relatively quick. Uh, we're not going to see it next year, but we will see it August 9th of 2019. Actually, I'm taking this from Variety. Opening on 50th anniversary of the day the Manson family committed the La Bianca murders and the day after actress Sharon Tate was killed, the film will head off against Artemis Fowl, Disney's adaptation of the popular sci-fi and fantasy series. So he's going to have a little Disney competition when this comes out. I'm telling you that if I had a choice to go see Artemis Fowl, or a Manson movie. I'm going with the Manson movie. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even watching a Manson movie. I'm watching a Tarantino, a Tarantino movie. Thank you. That's what I actually meant to say. Yes. I'll go ahead and see a Tarantino film. Depending. Yeah. I'm very interested in how he squeezes nigger in there enough times. You think? You think he's going to get one in? Yeah. Oh, he's going to get a few in. I think you're right. If he doesn't, that means he got edited out. That would mean <laughs> Sony told him, guess what's not happening today? That. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. He is good, and Quentin doesn't let nobody edit his freaking scripts. And they think they're gonna make three hundred million on this show. You must be out of your freaking mind. But I'll still watch it. I have a question that's probably more like an off the mic question, not necessarily yes. for privacy reasons, but just because it's gonna lead us down a whole nother road. You know? Yeah. But I'm curious. You obviously have a strong, and and I get it. I one hundred percent get it because I agree with you on that. for sure. But why do you like Tarantino if that's how he gets down in his movies? 
Um, you know what's funny, dude? That is such a freaking good question. That's a question I'm gonna actually have to think about to myself. Okay, yeah, don't saying, don't answer it. But just, am I giving him a pass for that? I'm gonna actually have to think about that because that's a darn good question. I think you're giving him a pass. This is what I was getting at. I think I'm giving him a pass. That's what I gotta I gotta think. Am I? I might be. Let's talk about that next week. For sure. All right, cool. I know you love Quentin Tarantino, as I do, but you know. Oh yeah, because. <laughs> It, it made my it made my antenna when he was like dead nigger storage on Pulp Fiction. I was like, why even put that in the movie for you to say? Like that makes no sense. But then he hit me with Jackie Brown, and I was like, damn, Jackie Brown's a good movie, man. Shoot that line that you just said right now. I remember hearing that and laughing immediately, and went, oh shit, he just said that. Like you know what I first exactly. Yeah, I, that's and then and then Samuel L. just sat there like a. A herb. But, you know, again, <laughs> it was his first. It was his first movie. <laughs> There's some fucking cilantro or something just, just growing in a garden. I was like, come on, G. Oh, but anyway, funny, so man. I only I only have, I will think about that until you next week. Yeah, seriously. Give it um, some thought because I've, I've often wanted to ask you that. And just for some reason, it just popped into my head. Right for now. sure. So that's it for me so, on the news, man. I don't I feel like I'm hijacking all the news time right now. I'm turning it over to the man of the hour, the man with the golden tones. The man that is capable of taking the heroes of noise forward when my lazy ass can't be there. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Mr. Steve Hudson with the news. Steve? Ladies and gentlemen, you listen to the solid tones of Steve Hudson killing it with the news. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start off with... No, I'm joking. So check this out. I was like, never mind, everybody. Um, (laughs) So, dude, Justice League will not top... It doesn't look like it's going to top Man of Steel. Really? Money-wise, G. You know, maybe there's something to be said about that, though, because jeez, when Man of Steel came out, Steve, everyone was down to see this. They had no idea what they were getting into yet. Right. True. They had no idea that we were going to have this news fest that is Henry Cavill as Superman. Sorry. True. Sorry. I know how you feel, but that's how I feel. Not so. So and then, you know, they've had all these other movies that are just kind of eh, maybe that's just a pattern that it's taking now. People don't have the faith. Now they already know what we're getting. So that's why they're not coming. Well, see, that's what I thought, and I think you might be right, because Batman versus Superman stands as the highest-grossing superhero origin story of all time. It says, as it stands, Batman versus Superman is the highest-grossing DCEU movie, having earned $873 million worldwide, with Wonder Woman coming in in a close second. Oh, no, no, no. Thus making Wonder Woman the highest grossing superhero origin story of all time. That's not bad. Okay, so they didn't call it an origin story. But one, I'm shocked Wonder Woman, like, is, I didn't know it was all time. I could totally see that, man. It's not because how I feel about the movie, but it was just such a progressive forward move for women. Totally. I'm so glad it is, dude. I'm so, but yeah, because here's where it stands right now. So Man of Steel made, um, $668 $668 million, of which $291 million was earned domestically. Justice League sits at $567 million worldwide. Hmm. Interesting. Will it will it make $100 million more? I don't think it'll make $100 million more at the box office, personally. I think it's all going to come from, you know... It's it's the timing overseas. Of, you know, you know that yeah, overseas for sure. But I think the timing of this movie could have been a little bit better because they could have utilized the Christmas money. They totally could, dude. They, I didn't think about that. They should have totally done that, dude. 
Yeah, you know how many DVDs could have, excuse me, DVDs. I guess those still exist, huh? Wow. How many? Yeah, I, I don't know. Do you know uh, how a many lot of people, track cassettes, Steve? Could have no, been no, sold? no. A lot of people get DVDs. They want a tangible thing. A lot of people get them. Yeah, they still sell them at Target? Oh, I know. You still see them, but it's just it seems weird to me now because everything I have is digital. It's, and it's just when yes. I see, I've got these movies. Like I was going to loan you the the Star Wars trilogy, actually all of them. And, if, and you're more than welcome to if you want, but... I don't see you watching a lot of DVDs. Do you have those? No. Oh no, I have a huge. I have a huge DVD collection. And you got a Blu-ray I just player? Don't watch them. No. Oh yeah, I do. PS4. All right, brother. I got you covered. I'm gonna send that to you. Appreciate send it that. to you. I'm gonna mail it to you. No, I'll <laughs> yeah. get it to you next time I see you. I'll bring that. Appreciate it, brother. Um, so this next story is a bit of a a, a lengthy one, but I think it's interesting. Uh, Disney and 20th Century Fox reengage in deal talks. And they're going to arrive at a decision by the end of the year. Now, the repercussions of this are huge because that would see Disney Disney acquiring X, the rights to X-Men, Fantastic Four, The Simpsons, Avatar, and the original six Star Wars distribution rights. I think it's coming. That's crazy. I think that Disney is is like, let's go. Let's let's do this shit already. Like, come on. What do you need? You know, they tried it once just several what was it, a couple weeks ago, right? Or last week. Yep. And it yep. didn't it, it didn't go well. But there's just so much Disney money, man. I think that Disney could pretty much buy anything they want with the right amount of time and, and thought put into it. It would be freaking and then it would also um uh they would take uh Fox's share in Hulu. They would own a majority stake in Hulu. Okay, now that gives me something to think about. Because if they had the majority stake in Hulu and they're yep. getting ready to open up their own streaming service. Yep. <laughs> it would actually be they would just infuse Disney into Hulu as opposed totally. to trying to take it away. I was thinking it completely different. I was thinking they were like buying Hulu out to shut them down, but that wouldn't make sense. Yeah, now they just they can just throw it out more. They would give all the essential Disney stuff to Disney probably proper. But they would give a lot of the Fox stuff or random stuff into Hulu just to keep it as if it's it's separate because they're not going to want to shut down Hulu. They're going to want to keep it going. And the only way you do that is to keep good properties on Hulu. But now they could just divide it between the two because they own both. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter anymore because they're making money from both sides. Yeah, exactly. They could just say, come on over. What they're trying to do is get they're trying to beat Netflix. And they're going over they're trying to beat them, which helps them in that way. But it also gives them, look, now X-Men can be part of the uh, the Phase 4, the Marvel, uh, the MCU. Now they can actually bring X-Men over because now you own it again. Marvel now owns all that stuff all over again now. That's big. Check out this quote. This is going to worry you. This is going to worry both of us. Quote. The Merc with the Mouse creator, Rob Leefield, penned a letter to Fox pleading for the company to cease talks with Disney, presumably because he's worried about the Mouse House influence on the live action Wade Wilson. Yep. Dude. I, yep. <laughs> I had a thought when you said, right when you said the Merc with the Mouth, I'm like, oh, okay. So now oh, Deadpool no. can get into the Marvel Universe, but, but it won't Disney's be the same. Yeah, Heck no, it won't. It won't be the, no, man, it can't. It can't. It has to stay separate. It's a Disney property, and Disney's like, we can't have them talking about this stuff. Yeah, they won't put out any R-rated movies like that. Nope. They wouldn't have those anymore. I was thinking, okay, Mm-mm. what if they still did the, the R-rated movies, but then just allowed the Deadpool format where you're making R-rated movies that are adult-oriented, and then you know, just having him jump in for some, some cracks and stuff like that in the, in the next phase of Marvel. I wouldn't mind that at all, but I don't think Dude. that's going to be the case. No. 
now here's something that I think is we're going to put into the super petty column. And this is HBO's pettiness. You just found out that HBO passed on Lord of the Rings TV series, quote, because the network prefers to handle their own intellectual properties and not produce licensed programs. Why even let anybody know you passed first before Amazon got it? They want to let you people know, like if it's almost like, like, uh, it's like someone gets a nice house and whatever, you know, everybody's like, oh, what a nice house, what a nice house. And a guy come in and you're like, yeah, they tried to sell me that house, but I was cool. Anyway, what you up to? You're like, <laughs> oh, I know why you said that. You want to let everyone know. Yeah, why would HBO say that, she? That's funny. That's just straight ego right there. That's company ego. Check this out. The CEO says, quote, we were preoccupied with Game of Thrones. And plus, I'd rather have our own IP 100%. And I'd rather have the ability to work with a product that is inextricably linked to our brand. That is smart because Lord of the Rings also, you're, you know, there's, there's a ton of people that own different, you know, oh, you have to deal with Tolkien. You have to deal with this. You have to deal with that. You have to be that. This Game of Thrones is theirs. When you think Game of Thrones, you think, even though someone else wrote it, you think HBO. When you think Lord of the Rings, you're now thinking Peter Jackson. You're thinking about the movies. You're thinking about The Hobbit. You're thinking about a million things. He says this property is inextricably linked to HBO. It's true. Do you think that's why they didn't take, I don't know if it was a script issue or, or what, but why they didn't make Preacher? Because at one point they were talking about making Preacher. I think that's probably, I would imagine that they didn't want... I mean, part of it is the thing where we want to concentrate on Game of Thrones, but that wouldn't make any sense because they still made Westworld. Westworld would have been great. That budget would have been amazing for Preacher. The Westworld budget would have been incredible for Preacher. But they were like, uh. I think also Preacher is very popular and there would be things that there's not, maybe not technically would be exclusively HBO, but then they took Game of Thrones, which everyone read apparently. A million people read Game of Thrones and they still were able to turn it into an exclusive HBO, a property of HBO. But I think what he means is no one had done a Game of Thrones size thing on a TV show, a channel, on a cable channel. No one had done something of that scope ever on a TV, sh on a uh, cable network. And they just did it. And they did it all the way. So I get it. But again, I think he's just being petty. He's letting people know, yeah, we could have Lord of the Rings. Sure, Amazon can have it because we're too dope with Game of Thrones. Simple as that. Well, they better come correct with something else because after, you know, after next season. You know, what's I think they have happen? a plan. I mean, I think, I think, I think they have a plan for that. I, I'm almost sure that they have something in the works because every time I try to count HBO out, they hit it with a, I mean, you're like, oh, because remember, they had the Sopranos. And when the Sopranos stopped, they're like, oh, there it goes. But then they're going to, then they hit up with um, not just Game of Thrones, but True Detective. And they destroy with True Detective, at least the first season. And then they're coming back with the third that sounds like it's going to be pretty dope, too. I like the second, even. They are, they are continuously putting out stuff that is destruction zones. So, I think HBO is going to do their thing. They're not worried about it. Amazon will never be able to. I, well, they can, but they'll never be able to do it like HBO because they're not willing to dump $18 trillion into something that's going to be a buildup for seven seasons. HBO has been around so long. They're not going to exactly. allow their brand to get tarnished like that. They'll, they'll come up with something. You got a good point.
Yeah. Um, oh, this is something that you would love. So, um, Toxic Avenger was passed on by Kevin Smith due to creative differences. Is there a reason? Did they state a reason why the creative differences? This is from Kevin Smith directly. The last thing, and it wasn't even a big deal. It wasn't like I'm outraged. Someone asked me, hey, man, we've got Toxic Avenger and we're going to remake it, do a reboot. And hey, you're from Jersey. And, you know, I always kind of dug the Lloyd Kaufman and trauma, what the Lloyd Kaufman and trauma people do in Jersey. And remember seeing them on the news all the time. Hollywood Motion Pictures in New Jersey, right here at Troma. And Toxic Avenger was insanely well-known, so I always respected Troma's work in the Troma franchise. So he's like, okay, I'll do it. Let's see. So he said, we parted ways fundamentally on the budget because I was like, part of the charm of the Toxic Avenger is that it was made for two nickels. If you're going to do it again, don't spend a lot of money. But they were like, no, 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 no. It's a $35 million movie. And I was like, it's a freaking remake of the Toxic Avenger. The guy in a tutu with a bad makeup job. What are we going to spend all that money on? (laughs) So right then and there, I'm clearly not on the same page. In my head, if I need to see a Toxic Avenger made, it should be done in the spirit of the original. Instead, they were literally trying to start a franchise. Marvel size it and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't know if you guys saw that movie. So I just quietly stepped away. I understand what they were going for, but I would never want to see the version of the movie. It would be like someone doing a $35 million version of Clerks. Why would you bother? That was such a great explanation, too. So good. Have you seen it? I don't know. Have you ever seen Toxic Avenger or any of the other Toxic Avengers? No, I've never seen it. No, it's it's ridiculous. And that's the point. It's supposed to be. You know? So, yeah, who wants that? I I, Get down, Kevin Smith. Good for you, man. That's what I said. And, And, you know, the funny thing is, here's why Kevin Smith and I will always ride for this cat. Because any other sucker would have just said, oh, you're going to give me $35 million to make a movie that I can make for $2 million? I'll just pocket the 33 and spend yep. it on random bullcrap. Cha-ching. And he said, no, I will not put my name on that. I can't. It was, I mean, that's, Kev- that's what Kevin Smith represents, man. That's what he represents. He's obviously into making movies like that as it is. Like, uh, freaking yoga hosers or whatever he's he's not he doesn't he doesn't have a problem with making movies that are not at all tusks tusk was amazing for me i thought the reveal of tusk when they showed the person's face i got chills oh some disturbing shit oh my god dude that is disturbing g goodness gracious so i for what it showed me was oh kevin smith is still kevin smith he's still that guy and I love that he said this and was just like, nah, I'm good. Nah, son, in a word. This is the last piece of news. So, the, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, as we, know, as we know, he's going to be doing a spinoff of Hobbs, the character he plays on Fast and the Furious, who's an Interpol agent whose relentless pursuit of Dom and his clan in Fast and Furious provided most of the drama. Now, we all know that he had an issue with Tyrese. And Tyrese was saying that Ty- he is coming in and messing up the family dynamic by making an independent Hobbs, you know, movie. And um, what they asked him, it was like, okay, so tell us about this Hobbs movie. And what Vin Diesel, or what uh, uh, The Rock says is, quote, it's been a challenge- challenging process because I felt like my intention from day one when I first joined the cast was to hopefully come in have fun and create a character that people will hopefully like and try to elevate the franchise. But 
In the process of elevating the franchise, I have always thought that in order for this to have real longevity and legs, we should spin out and create characters that can live on their own. So he walked in knowing that he wanted to make such an impact that he could have a Hobbs movie, right? Sounds That's right what he me. does. He's not going to be a co-person with Vin Diesel. He doesn't like, want, yeah. Bruh, Come on, man. I'm Move the over. rock. Move over for the rock. Exactly. And so when he does this, obviously Tyrese is like, well, that's not fair. And he, Tyrese goes on this rampage that nobody even gives a crap about. And they said, hey, man, what do you think about this Tyrese issue? He says, quote, At the end of the day, the only thing I want to do is make a great movie for the fans. I never get into wrapped up into the sludge of BS that can be connected to at times to a franchise. So I never get dragged into it. I never respond to any of that. It's just a genius response. He's like, Gee, he's not going to play the game. Make him. Exactly. I am making money hand over fist. Why would I respond to this herb? I will never do it. This guy is so on a different level of mine that I'm not going to sit there and respond to it. I walked into the, and I guarantee Vin Diesel knew it. He's producing the films. He knew that when he brought on The Rock, that Rock might split off. But that's okay because if he's producing The Rock's version too, Vin Diesel makes money. He does not care. If that's what you want to do, handle your business. So The Rock is just simply saying, look, we're having fun, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't, and notice Tyrese is the only one saying stuff. Ludacris ain't saying anything. Vin Diesel ain't saying anything. Only Tyrese. I love that The Rock said, I'm just not responding to it. I don't even think Tyrese has legs to stand on when comparing no. himself to The Rock. Not even close. Of course you're going to, I wouldn't be surprised if that was when Vin Diesel asked him to come in onto the, 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 the sequels and onto that franchise. If there wasn't a thought that, Hey, I'm just letting, I, can I have the right to make this a, an off or like a spinoff? Is that okay? I wouldn't be surprised if Vin Diesel was like, Hey, if you can handle it, <laughs> I don't care. I wouldn't be, I guarantee Vin Diesel was going to have production on it. Guaranteed. Cause he's producing the Fast and Furious now. We just said Rock has three movies coming out this, like, relatively soon, right? Yes. What's the last movie that Tyree starred in by himself? Was it, uh, don't tell me. Was it Baby Boy? By himself. I think it's Baby Boy. Yeah, so how many million years ago? Maybe a Hallmark movie here and there. (laughs) A Tyree's Christmas movie? Yes, exactly. Hi, welcome to Tyree's Christmas, joined by Tyree's plus Tyree's channel on the Tyree's Network. They're like, come on, Jay. That's the only way you got your own show. <laughs> Come on, bro. Here's what I do know. For sure, without a shadow of a doubt, Tyrese is going to be on them Fast and Furious movies. He's not going bells anywhere. On. He ain't going anywhere, but now it's going to be awkward when you see him on set. Because all this crap you're talking on Instagram, when you're up against a 260-pound, five dude in your face, are you going to say all that? I was just kidding, Rock. Exactly. I don't even know if The Rock can fight. But if I was going to fight The Rock, I would be like, well, even if he can't fight, if he clips me by an accidentally terrible thrown punch, if he clips me, I'm at least seeing stars. I think that I'm at it least I don't stars. think it matters. If, I mean, I guess it does matter because they say, you know, the bigger they are, <laughs> the kind of thing. Yes. But it isn't like he doesn't have any type of like experience in that field i mean he did no oh, matter he was a no wrestler matter, exactly that's true that's true and if okay if i if i couldn't fight 
and say I train for John Wick, I could kind of fight now. Because they put me through a fairly grueling thing to be able to fight convincingly on TV. I can at least throw a punch correctly now. And now I just have to be like, I'm not aiming to miss. Let me ask you this. Dominic Cooper in Preacher kicks ass every episode, right? Yes. And we see him do these fights, right? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think he could stand up against The Rock just because he can fight? The only reason, the thing is, he doesn't, he's not known for his super fighting. Uh, every movie enough. The Rock's in, he fights. Fair enough. Like fair every, enough. I would say the person that would give him the most trouble is Keanu Reeves. And yeah, we're not talking right. about, like, Michael Jai White could legit beat The Rock. Like, he would legit beat The Rock's behind. So I'm not even putting Michael Jai White in the conversation. Wesley Snipes could probably take The Rock. I'm not putting he people has who are trained. Fi- exactly. I'm not putting people who are trained fighters. I think Keanu Reeves could give him trouble. Because every movie he's done with the John Wick thing, they put him through like fighting stuff. No, but Keanu's actually trained, I believe. I'm not exactly sure oh, what art he's that. trained in. No, I'm, I'm like very certain that he is. I just don't know what he's trained in, but I'm pretty sure he's like the real deal. See, he's one of those dudes that'll be like, hey, man, stop pushing me. No, oh, stop pushing me. Look at this guy. (laughs) And then all this, exactly, I'm not going to fight you. Oh, I'm not going to fight. Then all of a sudden, my my wrist is dislocated. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) He's that guy. You know, whereas The Rock, he doesn't have to do that whole thing. Because in order for, if someone approaches The Rock and be like, what's up? I'll be like, okay, either that guy knows how to fight really well or he knows something I don't. Because just by the size of The Rock, the fact that you're approaching him means I need to show you that I'm a bigger man than you are. And that dude I'm worried about. What so about, I know if, you know, go ahead. I was going to say, what about Michael B. Jordan versus The Rock? Come on, G. I know. He's I just a, wanted to see what you say. He's not a big guy. <laughs> I just wanted to see what you say. He's getting oh, pretty yoked, Oh, you know he's doing though. Creed too. He's, he's getting, getting you know pretty yoked. G, I'm not buying what he's selling at all. Come on, dog. If you would have said... Dolph Lundgren, maybe we're having a conversation, but he's too old now. No, I just want to see what you'd say. I don't think that he could take the rock, but he is getting pretty yoked, though. You uh, saw him in black. You haven't watched the Black Panther, so you refuse to watch the Black Panther. Trailer. I won't watch the Black But now, I, I heard Creed. he was in good shape in Creed. Oh, he's freaking huge in Creed. For, for like, you could tell he he got really solid for that movie. But And yeah. he's going to be doing Creed 2, so I'm eager to see what that what happens with that. You got to see Creed 1 first, man. I know, dude. Okay, okay last one. Who are you taking between... The Rock and Neo. Neo. Not in the Matrix. He doesn't have Matrix ability. <laughs> you're, just you're putting, matrix. So you're putting The Rock against a fictitious character now. Yes, because The Rock is a <laughs> fictitious <laughs> character. He's not throwing people through brick walls. You're, so putting, we're go. you're putting The Rock against the Chosen One. Yes, but he doesn't have inside Matrix ability. He can fight, but he fights as a normal cat. Who are you taking? I'm going to have to go with Neo. Oh, snap. Really? Absolutely. Okay, let's go Rock in (laughs) The Rundown and Neo in Matrix. The Rock in The Rundown was legit. I'm still going with Neo. Dang, are you serious? I think it's a fight then. Neo kicked everyone's ass. It's Neo. But, but But he did that in The Matrix. Outside The Matrix when you feel a hit. You're just talking about Neo the Hacker? But he does have the fighting skills still, though. He just can't float. Uh, 
he does know kung fu. Isn't that what he says? He I know does, and fu. he knows every sort too. He downloaded it all. I just like him. He said, "I know kung fu." Uh, I'm gonna say, fu. "Well, he knows kung More. fu, dude. He knows kung fu." I, I'm going with Rock. I I'm know, going with uh, but, Neo. But the Rock was tossing people through brick walls and run down. <laughs> like he was suplexing people through things. And remember, he fought all those those uh, football players, those bodyguards. And you didn't want him using this gun. Let's not even give him a gun because then it's a given. But we're going to give him just head up. In a, and, and you know what? It's an open town, too. Like, say you're in a country town in the jungle, chilling, where it's all empty. There's places you can hide and you can sneak up on cats. Or Neo, who doesn't have Neo in the Matrix floating camera zooms around him, but he's able to still handle his business. You know, he's fighting really well. He knows all of that kung fu. Who's winning that joint? Because I'm thinking if The Rock gets him a good chin check, A, he's never been hit like that because he got hit in the Matrix and he could kind of shake it off. But if you have a swollen jaw, things look real funny then. And if you get hit in the nose squarely, all of a sudden your eyes are watering and all of a sudden The Rock sees you crying, things change around real funny like. So tell me everybody who wins Rock on Rundown and or Neo outside Matrix, but in Matrix. If the Rock hits him. But he will. He'll get at least one hit off, dog. You never know, man. He's a martial artist. He might just and take him out And then you have to quick. kick super duper hard to hurt the Rock. My money's on Neo. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, can't wait to hear your thoughts on this. And next week, we promise, for Sandra... I see you, Sandra. I know you've been listening to this whole program being like, when are they going to get to the show? I know, Sandra. I know, Super Fandra. Oh, damn. <laughs> see, there it is, Sandra. We're talking to you right now. This guy's this is this is someone that we work with, Sandra, uh, who loves the show. And thank you, Sandra, for listening. Yes. Yes, so we're calling Super, you Super Fandra. Fandra. That's it. Steve coined it. I can't even make it up. That's Steve. So now you owe us a review, Super Fandra. <laughs> We are going to do the game next week, we promise. And you know what's funny? I'm so interested in whether Dan is going to be able to handle this this uh, this quiz. Because I'm interested in how much he knows about these subjects that he quote-unquote knows so much about. Like, he told me personally, one of the subjects, he said, if you give me anything regarding this subject, this group, I will nail it. So... You're paraphrasing now, sir. No, you kind of did. You kind of did a little bit. So now we're going to see. One. Go for it. How about a sneak preview? You want a sneak preview? Give me one, man. For San, for, for Super Fandra. Okay, this is for Super Fandra. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to play a game called Dan's the Man. This and this is where we take a few. Yes, it's a game today. You this is where we take a few breaker. different topics, and we're going to see that if the listener can beat Dan who is what are we saying the man that's what we're going to say so Dan I'm going to ask you what subject would you like to cover I'm going to give you a few possibilities I'm going to give you two of the questions just from one of them all right so the first topic look at America's favorite game show host over here ladies and gentlemen the first one is called basal danglia and that is where you use parts of your brain that you're going to use logic with the second one is a maiden voyage the Maiden Voyage is where we talk about Iron Maiden quizzes. Mm. Do you know as much as your fav- about your favorite group, you say? We shall see, maybe. The third is Dan Solo. Does he know enough about 
Star Wars trivia to beat the listener. And the mm. last possibility is Dangitude and Longitude. This is geographical <laughs> quiz. Man. <laughs> I have, now I got to make up a game for you, and I don't think I can get that crafty because your name is Steve. <laughs> He's steving on the midnight train to Georgia. I don't know. I gotta there we go. Myself. All right. So I get to pick. What do you or are you going to give me one? Yes. No, you can pick. What what topic do you want? All right. So we got Dazel, Dazel Danglia. Dazel Danglia. And we got, is it is it 2Ds? Dazel Danglia? Is that what you're it's saying? Basil Basil Danglia. Danglia. Okay, I got that. Okay, okay. okay. I'm sorry. Basil, I knew Basil Gangly. I'm just making sure yeah. you were all right. Uh, and then you got Maid Maidan Voyage. Maiden Voyage. Right? Is that what you're yes. going with there? Yes. Like my names in all of these is what you're getting. Yes. Right? Okay. You're brilliant. And then um, Dan Solo. Mm-hmm. What was the other one? The longitude and longitude. And longitude. Yes. All right. All right. Well, I completely <laughs> suck at geography. I'm gonna go with the with the obvious, just because you know, in celebration of the new movie coming out, let's go with Dan Solo. Oh snap! Okay, ladies and gentlemen, these are gonna be a series of questions. Each one has ten seconds to answer, ladies and gentlemen. Ten seconds. Are you ready, Dan? Uh, yeah, I believe so. But I think you mind. I think I'm gonna have to put some Star Wars music in in the back of this. Handle it. And if I and if I like get this, I'm gonna put in the celebratory Star Wars music. All right, let's do oh, it. Oh, damn. Okay, let me get my timer ready. There's gonna be some Ewoks singing some in this bitch. All right. All right. Number one, Dan. What African country served as the setting for the Tatooine and art in Star Wars? Tunisia, bitch. Oh, he gets number one. <laughs> Dan, second, number two. In which Star Wars movie does Liam Neeson play Ki-Gon Jinn? That'd be Qui-Gon Jinn, and that would be in Phantom Menace. The Danto oh, Menace. <laughs> you hear that? Star Wars Episode dude. 1, The Danto Menace. Dude. Oh, that was dope. That's dope. Come on, All right. man. Now, now it's going to get a little bit more difficult. Need you a damn timer. Come on. Here we go. Come on. In which movie do we first meet Lando Calrissian? Come on, man. Episode... Oh, really? Okay, let me Handle just give you a little time. Mm-hmm. Do, 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 do. Episode okay. five, Bespin. You want Cloud City? You wanted the Bespin? What are you looking for, man? <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. You sure got it, G. Oh, and then he said, and then he said, he said this is where he goes. Where he looks at the lady and he goes, "Hello, what have we Dang, here?" Look at this guy. Now it gets. Ser- <laughs> now it gets serious, Dan. We got you truly two belong more. with us among Can the clouds. Can you do five out of five? Let's do we it. We shall see. I hope I'm not disappointing you. No, I'm in shock. I can, I can honestly tell you, I am in absolute shock right hey, now. Hey, I might, I might get this next one wrong, but like I told you, I was just chilling, listening to you talk Dude. about Star Wars because I wanted to hear it from a non-fan you point of view. You are killing it right now. Okay. Come on. Come on. Number four. Dan, what is the name of the life forms that embody the Force? Okay, I fucking hate them, but they're midichlorians. Booyah. <laughs> the fuck Steve come on man oh my goodness okay this is the last one ladies and gentlemen okay this is this is the thing if he gets this he has batted five for five that means next week's quiz he might just get all of them right this is the final one it all hinges upon this one question ladies and gentlemen check it out Dan when fleeing from the imperial shops through an asteroid shower, where does Han Solo hide his ship? 
in the belly of a creature that's in the asteroid. That's it. Yeah, I know. I know that's it. Five of five, ladies and gentlemen. I think those questions were crazy hard. Do you think people got them for real? I think so. I don't think people got them, G. I genuinely don't. I think people might have been like on the tip of the tongue, but I definitely don't think that people just like literally just rattled them off. Maybe. I don't know. I think that there's definitely some people that would get those right away. I think that those fall into, for my level, I think that that's fairly basic questions. But I do appreciate the trivia. Wait a minute. That's not basic question. Give me another one. You got another one? Not Those are it. Five for five. You got it. Oh, okay. All right. We're going to do the rest of them. I can't believe you got them that quick. You better come correct next week. Oh, no. Next week, G. Here's what I will tell you I, right now. <laughs> I think this next makes week, up for how shittily I did it. Uh, I think this dude, makes up for Pony. Can I? Can you people please stop oh, giving no, me shit Oh, no. This way makes pony. up for Pony. Yes. I mean, I'm shocked. I think you're going to do very well on the other. I think the hardest one you're going to have is Dangitude and Longitude. That's going to be, be right. the one because I'm not good at geography. And I was like, maybe Dan is. No, I'm, I'm horrible. I'm just telling you now, I'm horrible at geography. And I, I don't go you're anywhere. Gonna, you're gonna, then that means you're going to kill on Maiden Voyage. We'll see. I, I, I literally I stayed on. I stayed in the level because they have different levels of the quiz. I stayed in the... Iron Maiden quiz level where they're just like if this is a hardcore fan but it's not like he can just he eats, sleeps, and craps Iron Maiden. This is a good quiz. The next one was you just have been following them from the time they were just you know every. So I'm like okay let me give them the hardcore fan. Okay and now I'm very interested. Now I want to I almost want to play this game right now but I know you got something to do and I don't want to keep it from jam, it. Got a jam man but yes. but dude I th- I okay I, I there's no, you just know a lot about Star Wars, G. That's a good quiz. I mean, I've been <laughs> I've been watching Star Wars since I was seven, bro. Okay, here's what I want you to do. When but I someone believe, out there right now is going like, "This ain't shit. This guy doesn't know anything." Give him the real that's hard. That's not question. true. Gar- G. I guarantee you, someone. Someone, that. but no, dude. Okay, here's what I'm gonna ask you. Does your wife watch Star Wars? When I'm watching it, ask her those questions. Oh, she I'm won't gonna. Know. She when won't we, know when one you of those. do it. Okay, and I don't think uh, Superfandra is going to know either. Superfandra would not know these. I would pretty much guarantee that. I think we have a new nickname for Sir, though. So you're, you're officially Superfandra, Sandra. But would your son? Yes. Oh, see, I don't know. I'm interested in you giving him that quiz then. Uh, like, let him listen to it and see how quickly he gets the answer. You think he'd know midichlorians? Yeah, I think he would definitely know midichlorians. Because, see, here's the deal about midichlorians. Like old school fans that like of the original trilogy and and I'm, I'm not speaking for all of them because some people did love the the prequels, but like three of them, that was like a big no, no. That's when George Lucas was starting to lose his shit right there. And he was coming up with midichlorians and at, trying to add science to it and explain why Anakin Skywalker was more used. This is the one movie that you saw, actually. I think you saw Phantom Menace, didn't you? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. See what I'm saying? So. <clears throat> But yeah, that's what that's what makes Anakin Skywalker so dope is that he has all this high midichlorian count. That's why he is the chosen one. They even but call him the chosen. How one. did you remember the space slug? Because I've seen Empire Strikes Back four million times. But that's you know insane. what? But you know what? Honestly, just because right now, I you probably could have got me if you would have said, "What's the name of the slug?" Because I really, honestly, right now, I can't think of it. Do they say it though? I don't know. You know what? 
We'll, we'll pause just for. Uh, I'm gonna let you go because I know you got a dip. But let me just. Uh, I don't check think they quick. say space slug. There's a name for it. There's a name for it, and I would not have gotten that. But they. But did they say it though? Because a lot of times they name it that because of script. Yeah, yeah that's they, exactly they name it because for they got reasons. all the. Uh, the uh, extended universe, you know? Exactly. They, expanded universe, excuse me. Sometimes they're like, okay, we got to put a name on this so that when I say that we need makeup for this thing, that's what we're doing. So it's a space slug. But I think you got it. That's a right answer. Would you like to know what it's called? What is it called? It's called an exogorth. Oh, that's not even the answer that they gave me on the quiz. It said space slug. Exogorth, also known as space slugs or giant space slugs, were members of a silicon-based species that resided in the oh blah, 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 blah. This is all expanded universe bullshit. It's, I don't even know if it's canon anymore. But Gee, I think I might have to do the maiden a little bit deeper for you. Yeah, I don't know. You might actually... See, the thing is that you keep thinking that Iron Maiden is my favorite band. They're, they're one of my favorite bands. But it just depends on how much. Like, um, like Kohe and Cambria, I know a lot about them. Uh, I know oh. a lot about I know a lot about Iron Maiden too, but Coheed and Danbria. Oh, snap. I definitely to make that. I need to make that quiz. How about a Metallica quiz and you can call it Danage Incorporated? Oh, what snap. does that mean? Uh, so you didn't get that, did you? They got a song called Damage Incorporated. Oh, I didn't somebody know got that. it. Somebody, you got. It. I'm looking at you. I buddy. was gonna you got say. I was gonna say Enter the Dan Man. Enter Dan Man. I like that, but I think I like Danage Incorporated. Better. I do like Dan- that's a. You know what, Metallica. That's a good one, and I How don't about know just what rock I... in general, like like eighties rock or or. Uh... But see, if I if I do person specific, I can make a million quizzes out of the specific. Um, that was so fun, man! I had a great time with you. One more time before we leave, do you want to give the contact information? I suppose this is becoming my thing, Steve. But uh, yeah, of course, of course, of course. Running gag, folks. Running gag from episode six. Here we go. I got a little information for you before you take off. Uh. Here, oh, I was about. Are you about to freestyle? I was about to freestyle the shit, but you know, that's all right. I would have given it a try, but it's, it's over now. Did you hear me? That was like, uh. I heard right. it. You busted out the Jay Z. Uh. Yeah. You didn't even get me let it get a yo out either. Hold on, hit me one more time. One more time. Let's do okay. it. Ready? Yo. Yo, check this shit out right here. <laughs> I could not do it. I couldn't fulfill that. That's hilarious. I probably would have just ended up sounding like some shit like, my name is Dan and I'm here to say. No, I'm just oh, kidding. Oh, if you would have done that, G, we would have clipped it out. We would have just stopped the whole show. We would have just stopped clipped. podcasting. Oh, well, next time. After all that nonsense, ladies and gentlemen, here's the contact info. We are the Heroes of Noise, and you can reach us at Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com. That's Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com. I like saying Heroes of Noise for some reason. I don't know why. I think maybe that's why we call our show that. It really is. It really, really is. Uh, Twitters. If you like the Twitters, you can reach us at Heroes of Noise, at Heroes of Noise. You can reach myself, Dan Ramirez, at Dan Q Public. And you can reach my good buddy over here, my great buddy, my quiz master, the game show host of the year, Steve Hudson, at S-E underscore Hudson Music. Also, you can reach us by voicemail at 559-492-9831. I think that's about it for this week, folks. It's been a good one. Uh, I'm starting to lose the voice, so I'm kind of glad Steve has to bounce. But next week, the tones will be back. We're going to have two sets. We're going to have gold and silver tones for you next week. I think that's it for me, Steve. Do you got anything else to add to this before we, we bounce? All right. That's it for me. I have nothing else to say. So until next week, I'm your host, Steve. I have been Dan Ramirez. But at one point in time, haven't we all? Thank you very much for listening, everybody. We will see you next week. <laughs>
<laughs> I love our listeners, man. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back shortly with some new stuff. Please hit us up. Contact us. Uh, leave us a review, five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher. We really appreciate it. In all seriousness, we appreciate these things. We will see you all next week. Bye-bye.